God had the right person for me, but then he was like, you're still not ready. Mm. And it took another relationship too of like, okay, this is the right person, but God's like, no, that's still not the right person. Mm. There's still something even better for you. But like, this is still an area in your life you haven't given to me fully. And then it, it's like, you learn that like, there's people that like, there's like in relationship talk, there's a person that you want, but that's why it's so important to seek God for the person you're going to be with, because there's a person that you need. And it's like the person that you are today is not the person you're going to be 10, 15 years from now. And the person you want in your life might not necessarily be the person that is going to fulfill the needs of the person that you're going to be 15 years from now. Welcome back to One Thing in Common Podcast. On today's episode, we have Tommy Acosta. Tommy loves all things working out, eating good, and laughing hard. He always hopes to be a positive influence to those around him. He has an incredible story to share, and I'm so pumped for y'all to hear it. It brings me great joy to have on Tommy Acosta. Thank you very much, Megan. I appreciate you having me on. So excited to have you on, Tommy. Same, so, same. y'all, if you don't know Tommy, Tommy's got... He's got a whole story, y'all. And I'm just so pumped to um, have you on today. I know you are a very busy man. You're a whole youth pastor. You've got a lot of things going on in your life, uh, making definitely a positive impact and influence to those around you. Thank you. And so, Tommy, I was just wondering, can we just... um, On the phone the other day, you were sharing a bit about your story and about your faith journey. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, wow, this is something that the people need to hear. Because I feel mm-hmm. like maybe a lot of people can relate to you in ways yeah. that I can't. And it's just mm-hmm. overall incredible. So could you just share a little bit about your faith journey and what that looked like? No, I would I would definitely love to. So um, I think it started off, I mean, I've been saved, my family, quote unquote, has been saved since I was four. That's actually a whole nother story I haven't shared <laughs> with you, which I could share too. It's like, kind of my family's testimony, but I guess it was just like the coming of my family to Christ. And that was when I was four. And then ever since four, um, we got in contact with uh, Apostle Guillermo Maldonado, which is like the senior pastor at King Jesus Ministries. And um, we started off with him in his like church. I mean, in his house, like living room, it was like seven people. And that was mind you when I was four years old, I'm 30 now. So 26 years ago, then King Jesus Ministries was born a year later and it's grown to be like a very like I guess pretty known church, really, really big, has like thousands and thousands of members. And it's been awesome to see that entire process, like go along from like seven people in a living room to like, I think on Sundays we average around like 5,000 people per service. Like that. So it's huge. And like, you know, like we have events in other nations and stuff like that. I'm, I know we've traveled to a lot of nations, but I guess it's just like that entire journey of seeing that grow up. I mean, I was in the midst of church my whole life. But the thing with me is that, like, at a young age, you don't know so much. But then growing up, society and all these different things, like, you kind of, like, start to see the world around you. And you kind of start to make your own life. And I guess, like, church and God was always pushed down my throat so much because my parents are pastors. So, like, I grew up with church, God, church, God. Like, I'm the kind of kid that would fall asleep and, like, I, I would sleep in the pews because, like, I was just at church all day long. Like, I remember my parents would have, like, morning prayer sessions when they were the pastors in the church in Homestead. And they would wake me up, like, at 3 a.m. because the morning prayer was, like, at 5 or something. We lived in Miami, drove to Homestead. I would sleep in the car while my parents were inside um, the building praying. And I was sleeping in the backseat of the car in a parking lot in Homestead. Mind you, it's just Homestead, like, 15 years ago. Like, God was protecting me. Thank God nothing ever happened to me. 
but like, that's kind of like the way I was raised is just like church, God, church, God all the time. And like, even my first jobs were at church. Like always it was church and God. And like, I guess I never understood how to differentiate between the two and church and God became the same thing. And they're not like church and God are two different places. Like church is a place where God comes, but God is God, you know? And like, just because you go to church doesn't mean you have a relationship with God. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you know who God is. You can know about God until you know who God is like two different things. And I guess I never really understood that. And I guess growing up with so much like church and God shoved down my throat, I kind of grew like cold to it. So, I mean, I was always there, but I wasn't there. If you get what I mean, like I I would be there there every Sunday, like every, God knows. I mean, it's probably like every night of the week I was probably at church, you know, and um, growing up with like a bunch of friends in church and everything. That was awesome. But it was just kind of like, I never gave myself the opportunity to have a relationship with God myself. Um, And I guess it just took a lot in my life to get to that point. And probably up until the age of like, 28 29 that like I really understood who God was to me and it just took a lot of like ups and downs and it was like I went through like we're going to talk about like relationships in a sense today Mm -hmm. but it took I guess like for me one of the biggest things in my life was love and like I'm the kind of guy I'm a hopeless romantic always wanted to be married since I was like 21 like (laughs) right but like my hopeless romantics out there but like God had different plans for my life you know and um, it took a lot of like growing and molding in my life to get to a point where I could be ready. So that, I think that was probably the area of my life that God used the most to prune me. And I was in a nine year relationship that ended. And I guess after that ended, I was like always a part of the church and I continued to be a part of church. I work there, but like, since my heart wasn't there, I kind of just like, I don't know, I've never been single and like I'm 25 and I'm finally single. And like, I go through this huge heartbreak. I imagine I was together with her for nine years And like, I kind of just decided, screw this. Like, I'm going to go party. I'm going to do everything, you know, that I want to do. And I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that, like, it wasn't necessary. I think it was very necessary because I got to know a lot about myself in those two years. It was like two straight years of just like going AWOL. Like I I did drugs. Like I I was super into drinking, like Mm -hmm. partying every single weekend, like to the point where like, you know, on your Google maps, like on certain days, it tells you, Oh, something amount of minutes to go to some place without you even asking it. It would do that for bars and stuff like that. So it was like pretty, I I was pretty into it. You know, I would go out Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday show up to work because I worked on Sundays, church day. And I'd be like hungover sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I got to a point where I was so cool. I just didn't care, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I think it just took a lot of like seeing my life spiraling out of control and like understanding that I really needed to get to know God for who he was, you know, cause to finally fulfill all those things in my heart. Cause it's like, all that stuff is fun. And I'm not going to sit here and say, I don't have awesome memories of my friends that like we had really stupid things that we did. And they were really funny. We laughed about them to this day, but honestly, none of it would make me feel full. Like nothing yeah. like you know, in the moment you're like, I'm having a great time, but it's like when you're alone with your thoughts at the end of the night, mm-hmm. like, it's like, you don't feel fulfilled. Like you don't feel like completely content. Like you can feel happy and like joy. Cause like you're having a good time, but there's something inside of you that wants more like for your life. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that maybe are there now or have been there or going through that. And it's like, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And like, I, I knew about it. Cause like I grew up in church and I knew about God and I would hear testimony at the testimony of God took me out of this and God took me out of that. And I felt so empty and then I felt filled. And then it's like, I kept hearing, I knew all about this, but like, I'd never decided to go for it until like, it just took a lot, like, a, like a very low point in my life, I'd say. And I finally said, okay, God, like 
I, I want to know you. Like, I don't want to keep like just doing things on my own. And it kind of was like this, like one, like a year transition period where like I had already taken the last two years to get to know myself. Now I want to take this next year to really get to know God. And like, mm-hmm. I just started to leave old habits behind. And like, I remember always thinking, oh, it's going to be so difficult to leave this lifestyle behind, to leave who I am behind. But then it's like, it was so seamless. Like yeah. it's when it's so good. Cause it's like, when you give it to God, like it, I think there's like this saying that it's like, um, when you leave everything in God, in God's hands, you see God's hand in everything. And it's yeah. like everything I kept giving to God in my life, which was like my love life, um, like my job, like my career, all these different things. I just saw God take a hold of it and like transform it into something beautiful, something that would make me feel fulfilled and happy and like true content, true joy that like, I guess what everyone longs for, you know, to feel that sense of purpose and feel that sense of belonging that I think everybody in this world looks for. Cause it's like, how many times do we ask ourselves that question? It's like, why am I here on this planet? Like, yeah, what is my purpose here? And it's like, I can assure you that like, when you know God, like God will reveal all that and more to you, you know, and he'll align everything in your life. But the thing is, it's like, sometimes it's difficult because we get impatient. And when it's like, okay, God, like I've come to your feet, like I'm here serving you. It's like, bring, bring everything now. And it's like, sometimes God's like, no, you're still not ready. Cause it's like, God has all these great things for you, but if you're not ready to handle them and hold Mm -hmm. them, it's like God's smarter than we are. And he's not going to give it to you. So it's like, I guess in the sense of like relationships, it's like, for me, it was such a big thing for me. It's like, God had the right person for me, but then he was like, you're still not ready. Mm. And it took another relationship too of like, okay, this is the right person, but God's like, no, that's still not the right person. Mm. There's still something even better for you. But like, this is still an area in your life you haven't given to me fully. And then it, it's like, you learn that like, there's people that like, there's like in relationship talk, there's a person that you want, but that's why it's so important to seek God for the person you're going to be with, because there's a person that you need. And it's like the person that you are today is not the person you're going to be 10, 15 years from now. And the person you want in your life might not necessarily be the person that is going to fulfill the needs of the person that you're going to be 15 years from now. Come on, pastor, tell me, let's go. (laughs) Tell the people. I'm sorry. Like I haven't stopped talking. I apologize. I love it. Keep going. This is good. <laughs> so like, it, no, but like, it, it's such a topic that's so dear to me because like, I've really seen how it's like giving that area to God and understanding that like, he knows your future. He knows where you're going to be. And like, he has that person for you. Mm-hmm. And it's just an, like, I guess it's like a decision of really giving that area to your life. Cause when you yeah. give it to God, it's like, he can give you what he has for you. It's kind of like, it always reminds me of that picture. I'm sure you've seen it of that little girl holding a broken teddy bear. bear. Yeah. And God has like the really nice fixed up one behind it. And she's like, God, but like, I love this so much. And he's like, just trust me. Cause like, I have something so much better for you. Even though what you think you have right now is great. What I have for you is going to fulfill you and have, it's going to be everything and more than you ever wanted, you know? And then it was just kind of like, after that year that I was dating somebody else, um, it was, she was a great girl. Both girls I dated, I, I glory to God. Like, I thank God so much for both their lives. I learned so much about relationships and stuff like that. And like, mm-hmm. Lord knows now that I'm a youth leader, like I see now why, I guess maybe he's let me go through everything I've gone through because now I've been able to give so much advice and all these different things to help other people, like younger people that like, or even older people that come and ask me for advice. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, I've lived a lot of things, you know, and I'm sure there's people that have lived more than me, but God, God's still like, he's given me, the grace favor that I have in those areas. I mean, for him, he knew what he was doing, you know? So then um, it took after that year of me, me and her dating, I realized like that this, that wasn't the right person for me. And like, 
letting go of people was something very difficult in my life always. And that was another area that God was like, okay, like I'm pruning you in this area. And I think for the first time in my life, I was really able to just say, okay, I'm going to really, I'm going to let this go. Cause my first relationship was kind of, I wouldn't let go. And God had to like, I guess in a sense, he'd never forces you, but like he kind of forced it and Lord. And I thank yeah. the Lord. Cause yeah, like, that's real. He'll, he'll do it. And like, I Lord knows my <laughs> well, mom's he prayers. Do it. He like, will take oh. certain people out like nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's like, you don't realize what the purpose he has for you is far greater than any relationship or friendship that you have wow. at the moment. So it's like, I thank God that he did that. You know, plus I learned so much. Then I got to know myself. Then I dated somebody else. And then like, I realized the difference between who you want and who you need. And then also just really, truly surrendering that area to God. And I think after that is when I was really like, okay, God, I'm giving you this area and I'm going to fully, fully, fully focus on you. And that's kind of when like, I had the opportunity to take over the youth, which I'm like the youth leader up in our church in Broward. And like, it's just, it was been like a, a year and a half of just like complete, like just giving it all to God. Not to say that I'm perfect. I stumble probably more than anybody else, you know, but like God's mercy and grace is so great that it's like, I don't know, like, it doesn't matter how many times you fall. It's like, I think in the Bible it says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up and keeps moving forward. And like, it's so key that it's like, it says a righteous man. It doesn't say like a regular man. It's like a great righteous man will fall. It's like, everyone's going to fall, you know, like everyone's going to mess up. And it's like, that's why I also just want to say it's like, it's, you don't have to be perfect to come, to come to God. Like God wants you how you are and he's going to use you how you are. And like everything about you is amazing. All the bad parts about you are amazing because God is the ultimate steward. And like, Lord knows all the stupid things I did in my life. He's <laughs> somehow managed to steward it. To Yo, something great. Me too. <laughs> right. It's like now all the dumb things you went through, it's like, you can use it to help other people and be like, yo, you're going through this. I got out of it. You can get out of it, you know? And it's, yeah, we put ourselves in those situations, but God's so dope that he's like, I can still use this for something good, you know? But um, yeah, so then it was just like a whole year and a half of just kind of really focusing and giving it all to God, learning how to, because like, you know, I'm never going to be perfect. And then it's like, God finally, like that one area of my life that I've always wanted to feel so bad when I finally give it to God, it's like, God's like, okay, now you're ready. And like, mm-hmm. thankfully he gave me the right person now, you know? And like, I know for a fact it's the right person. It's like, I'm good to go, but it's like, it just took so long of like this mix of, you know, like giving and surrendering to God and getting to know him too. Cause like, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have ever been ready if I didn't know who he was. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. there's another saying, I think it says like, I don't know the next chapter, but I know it's going to be okay. Cause I trust the author. Yeah. And it's like, I know God is in control of my life. And like, that's another thing that I think is so important is building your faith in God and your trust in God, because it's like things need to be going really bad in your life, but like, you know, God has a plan. God is in control. And like, no matter how bad it can get, God is going to take you out of it. Like God doesn't give you battles that are too strong for you to fight. Like you're able to get through it and you will get through it. And on the other side, it's going to be so great. Cause like on the other side of like your process is like your purpose. And it's like, Mm. when you step into that, like you can't handle your purpose until you've been processed to be able to handle it. And it's like, I was like, it's just, it was a mix of just like process and like really going out of my comfort zone to get to know God on a personal level, because like, you can hear a million messages on a Sunday and like hear every podcast and like mm-hmm. see all the Bible movies you want to hear and listen to all the worship you want. Uh-huh. But until you let God be God oh, in your life and get to know him and spend yeah. time with him because he's your friend. Right. And it's like, just like in real life, you can't get to know somebody until you spend time with them. Yeah. It's like, if you don't get to spend time with God, like that one-on-one, just you and him time, like pray to him. And it's like, mm-hmm. he'll speak back. And like, it's so awesome when you get into that groove and it's like, 
you can't live without him. And it's like those days without God, like just, they're, they're not the same. Like things just yeah. don't go the same yep. way. <laughs> right. Like I'm sure yep. you understand what that feels like. Oh, and it's 100%. like, it's just like this, like an adventure of falling in love with God and like realizing how much he loves you so much more than you could ever love him. And it's like, it's just so beautiful to know that like a love like that exists. And then it's like, I don't know, I guess my story just, I guess up until this point, cause I know there's probably so much more to go concludes with like, just finally having a firm foundation in my relationship with God and just seeing how once I let that happen, which it happened so much easier than I thought giving up things was like not a problem at all. God filled me in ways I could have never been filled. And it's like, now I have like, I see God just giving me everything that I know I need in my life. And he's just all the areas in my life that I thought were empty. Like he's filled all the areas in my life that I thought were lacking. Like he's just given an abundance and it's like, it's so awesome. So good. Like to see everything God has done. And I know that he's going to do in my life. And yeah, here we are today. <laughs> Let's go. I love it. I love to hear it. Tommy, thank you so much for just sharing no, all of that. Not. Like there are, there are so many things I want to touch on that you said. I'm like, okay, where do I even start? So <laughs> that's a great question. Where do I start? Um, I talked uh, a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, no, no. It was great. It is great. You said your something between like your purpose is after your process or your profit, yeah. your process leads you to your purpose. Yeah. And could you um could you elaborate a little bit on that? Because I feel like many times people will go through something, a hardship, a trial, and they, they think like, that's the end. Like they're done. God's done with them. You know, they quote messed up too hard that God can't use them, but me Mm -hmm. and you know, so well, God loves to use the most messed up people. I say the bigger, the mess, the bigger, the message, you know what I'm saying? And so can you just elaborate a little bit on, you know, someone's in a sticky process right now. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I have, I, I have friends I have family. They're they're in a sticky process, and some of them think like this is it, this is done. Like I can't like God has me here, and it's like no, but God has you there to not let you stay there. Like mm-hmm. He wants to do something. Like what He wants to do, you ha- like you had to have gone through this process. You exactly. have to go through this process. Like diamonds mm-hmm. are not diamonds until they go through a very strong refinement. Come on. Like diamonds don't look like diamonds. They got to go through like the hardest, like Mm -hmm. the hardest refinement. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, Mm -hmm. if diamonds need to go through refinement to look what they look like, what more do we need to go through? And it's not physically, what do we need to go through? And that's a whole nother topic. We can get into like working out and all that stuff, but (laughs) it's more of like, how much more do we need to work on our spirits and Mm -hmm. our souls and our mind and our hearts to look like who God wants us to look like? Because whoever we are on the inside, it's going to flow out towards the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, we can be physically fit, six pack abs, quads, young mm-hmm. five, but <laughs> if our heart is like broken and hard, that's not going to reflect who God created us to be, you know? So could mm-hmm. you just um, speak a little bit on that refinement process and how to keep a positive mindset when you're going through that? Because we both know that can be so hard when you're in the thick mm-hmm. of it. Oh no, for sure. I think that's probably the most key part of it. Um, and I think like, it's just to talk, talk about it a little bit. It's like processes, like, like I was saying, really to purposes, but processes are never ending. Like you're always going to be going through processes in your life. So it's like, I think the beginning thing is to change your mindset 
about processes. And instead of looking at them as something negative and detrimental, look at them as something that's going to help you grow and mold you and to be a better version of yourself, you know, because like we're always getting better and you're never going to be perfect, you know? And it's like, just think about it that it's like, God has something more for you. And until you're able to like handle it, like I was saying earlier, like you're, God's not going to be able to give it to you. And the only way to be ready to handle it is going through processes. And it's like, let's start looking at, I feel like your verbiage and your thought, like your outlook on processes just needs to change, which obviously easier said than done. But it's like, I guess whatever area you're getting processed in, I like to tell myself, like, this is an area that God's going to bless me in because, Mm. and it just takes, it's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take a little bit of growing and giving in and being obedient and sacrificing. But like God's processing me in this specific area because he has a blessing for me. It's like, for example, for me, I guess like I already touched on it, but like the whole relationship aspect, it's like, I went through processes when it came to love and all that and learning about that. But because God had someone so awesome for me, you know, he had such a special plan for me and this awesome blessing for me. But he's like, Tommy, you're definitely not ready to handle this yet. (laughs) So it's like, I need to prune you. I need to process you so then you can handle it correctly. Because if not, like, Lord knows if Tommy from five years ago met the person that I'm with now, like he would have ruined that relationship. You know, he would have thrown that relationship out the window. But like God knew it wasn't until I was 30, which unfortunately I wanted it to be when I was 21, but whatever, got a different plan and glory to God, because if he would have given me her at 21, I would have ruined it. You know, so it's like, Mm. I think it's just your outlook on it. You're going through it and it's difficult, but just understand that like, there's a reason behind it. And that reason is going to be so much greater than you can imagine. Cause like when you're going through it, you can't really see the blessing, but that's why Mm -hmm. I feel like, I guess the default answer, the most important thing is like, having a relationship with God. And until you have a relationship with God, you don't have faith in God because mm. you can't trust, you can't trust someone you don't know. Like yeah. you, and then if you don't know God, like you can't trust him. And it's like, trusting him is the key here because it's like, you're never going to know what's going to come. You don't know how long a process is going to last. You don't know like what's on the other side of it and everything you're going to encounter. But like, when you know God's in control of the situation and he's doing it for a reason, I think that's the best way to like, just stay positive and, and looking like to what's to come, you know, that's a, and then B is also just like doing your due diligence of like, when there's things in your life, you know, that need to change. Don't delay the change, you know, like don't delay, like giving into those areas because like, I feel like so many times we just hold on to things and yeah. processes and we, we keep ourselves yeah. in processes much longer than we need to go through them. Come like, on, I think it, come right? on. Say, like, say that again, I, Tommy, say that again. We, go, <laughs> we stay in processes much longer than we need to because we're, you know, we're hardheaded. I know I'm like yep. super hardheaded. Super hard-headed <laughs> I think we all are. And it's like, but that's something that holds us back from stepping into new areas of grace and favor and blessing and stuff like that that God has for us. And it's like, just in life in general, it's like, like, here's a perfect example that like has nothing to do with God or anything. It's just school. For example, you want a great job. You need to get through school and it takes time. And it's like, if you don't do your homework, you don't pass your classes, blah, blah, what's going to happen. You're going to take longer to graduate. You're going to take longer to get a great job. You know? So it's like, that's the perfect example. It's like, you need to like succumb to the process. You need to succumb to like everything that you're going through, even though it's difficult, but like, because you know that there's something better for you. And until you get through it, you can't get to that thing that's better for you. That is so good. And look, <laughs> let's just do a real live and life example. Um, mm-hmm. The dentist always say, do not wait until your wisdom teeth are giving you so much pain to remove them. Like <laughs> remove it years before so you don't have the pain. And I'm like, all right, bet. I went to... Um, an oral surgeon a couple months ago. And they're like, yeah, you have three ones. You got to get out immediately. I was like, for sure. Delayed it. Woke up a couple of days ago. I mean, 
I, I think I, my left side looks a little chipmunky, if you know what I mean. But <laughs> the pain is real. I can only eat like opening my mouth like two, three inches. I don't know. Oh, no, and I'm man. Like, I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. I was like, I, I waited for the pain, which the dentist said, don't wait. And now I have mm. to have the consequence of dealing with this physical pain because I delayed the process of having had I done mm. it six months ago or however long ago they told me to do it, I wouldn't be feeling this pain. Now it's like, I, t- I called them this morning. I was like, y'all, I need to set an appointment this week to get these teeth out. And, th- and my <laughs> sister's a dental hygienist. She's like, I, t- I was like, girl, don't even go there right now. I was like, don't even, don't even <laughs> go there right now. should have done it months ago. I was, yeah. And she's like, that's why dentists get so like frustrated when they don't like when whatever. And I was like, you know what? It's because we're hard headed. We're like, oh no, it's fine. Like, but something that was interesting, I was pondering on this thought last night was, yeah. Okay. This is like an example of like physical pain, right? I waited a couple months. I'm, I'm, I'm like dealing with the consequence of physical pain in my jaw now. Um, and that's because I delayed a process that could have been done earlier. And I was thinking about it. I was like, how much more painful, not physically, but emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, when we don't deal with the pains of our heart, pains mm-hmm. of breakup, maybe pains of, of rejection, maybe pains yeah. of, of abuse or, or neglect or just feel so many things, right? So many things. And it's like, the longer you take to deal with those, those problems, the deeper and deeper it gets and the harder yeah. it is. I, I think of it as a tunnel and you're, you have gunk. We all got gunk, right? Mm-hmm. But God is good. And God will take our gunk and turn it into a masterpiece. Right. Come but on. if we don't allow, like you said, Tommy, if we don't allow if we don't surrender those areas of our lives to the Lord, it's just going to pile up to a bigger, bigger, bigger mess, which is going to prolong what could have taken six months, maybe could take six years. You know, mm-hmm. could have taken six weeks, could take 60 years because mm-hmm. we prolong it. And yeah. I get so passionate and maybe myself, because in the last couple of like, I would say two years, I've been doing a lot of inner deep healing and like getting to the root of any and every issue of insecurity I've had, of any uh, rejection that I've had, because I had suppressed it for so long. Wow. And like at the end of the day, I was like, God did not create us to feel this way. Like, mm-hmm. I believe there is joy on the other side of this. And, and that's where faith comes in. Like, Come I on. didn't really that's see so that. I know there was light at the tunnel, but I didn't see it. But mm-hmm. I had the faith that God can do something with this. And then to see exactly, I surrendered that area of my life to God and the way he has blessed it within community and deep, meaningful friendships. And just like what yeah. I thought I had lost, God had mm-hmm. redeemed. Come on. That's you so know? good. And I feel like you could say the same in your area where, I mean, years and years of, of dating and in your mind, you probably, and while you were broken up, you probably thought, man, like, I just wasted all those years. Like, like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. But no, like you with hindsight could see God was just preparing you. You could see with hindsight, like um, you can meet the right person at the wrong time. But if you meet the right person at the wrong time, guess what? It's the wrong person because mm-hmm. you may not be the person that you need to be, Come you on. know? Yeah. And so it's like truly when you, and I believe when you work on yourself and everything that, and, and just surrender to God, like, you attract the right people, you attract the right friendships, relationships, community, like, like you're no longer seeking for opportunities, opportunities then come to you, you know? And it's like, I think it's this, our human nature that we want to cling on. And it was funny what you said 
um, the example of like, there's, you know, God holding a teddy bear and the baby's like, oh, yeah. I want it. He's like, but he has a bigger teddy bear be- behind him. And I remember mm-hmm. years ago, my youngest nephew, Jaden, um, he was like holding on to like a little like cheese it or whatever. And I had a whole box of cheese it's behind me. And I remember mm-hmm. that. And I was like, Jaden, give me the cheese it just to see like, if he would actually like, listen to me. He's like, no, I was like, Jaden, <laughs> I have something better for you. Give me the cheese. He's like, no. And then in my head, it's like right there in that moment, God was like, you see, Megan, that's what you look like when you're holding on to something. And I was like, Lord, <laughs> my heart. And every time I like, there's an area I don't want to surrender to God. I just remember that cheese it day. And I'm like, Lord, this mm-hmm. is all yours. I, I don't want mm-hmm. to cheese it. I want the whole box. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, Come on. And so it's funny how God will let us go through real life examples of, of those moments. And anytime I'm kind of clinging on to something, God's like, do you not trust me? Mm. Do you not believe that I have something better? Like, did I not create you? Am I not the creator? Like, am I not the alpha and the omega where I have everything lined up for you? But if you just trust and believe in me and work on you and, and mm-hmm. Tommy, can you share a little bit? Because you said you were in a 10 year relationship mm-hmm. and then you're in one about two years ago, but then you had two years of, of, of singleness, I believe from that last yeah. year to now. Yeah. Could you, cause I have, I know a lot of people who are going through breakups mm-hmm. and the breakup is like such a distraction to them because they mm-hmm. feel like they need somebody. They feel mm-hmm. they're like my other half left. And now I don't know who I am. I don't know what to do. And they're so distracted that they don't like, they don't see the path that God set before them to focus on what mm-hmm. he's called them to do. So for mm-hmm. instance, for you, you stepped into the believe in the last two years of being a youth pastor but yeah. that was really in a season of, of singleness or coming out of a relationship, going into a season of singleness. Yeah. Yeah. So could, could you share a little bit on how imperative it is to just be so focused on the task before you, yeah. um, whatever that is that God has placed, whether it's a job or, you know, taking care of your family or being a full-time mom or whatever it is for any person listening. Could you talk about the importance of, of not looking left, not looking right, but just focusing on, on the tasks set before you. And then you just see the blessings just come in while you're not even looking for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like funny enough, like, I guess like, I had two opportunities of singleness in my life. It was like after my first relationship and after my second relationship. And it's like, I did two different extremes on each, <laughs> on each journey. It's like the first time I was like, let me go completely left. And like, I'm going to just dabble into this life of like partying and like craziness and madness. And then the second time around, I kind of already learned my lesson, obviously. And I was like, no, let me just like focus on who I need to be and who I'm going to be with God. And it's like, I think looking back on it, like it's, it is so detrimental. Like you said, like to who you need to be the way you handle your singleness, because like coming from somebody that never really had that opportunity, I guess, like, cause I was in like a nine year relationship, you know, like I started when I was like 17, it consumed pretty, the pretty much the majority of like me growing up. And then when I finally like came through, came to like, to being like alone, it's like, I couldn't stand being alone, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I guess looking to fill those areas in the wrong ways Again, I guess they taught me who I, who, who I really was, but in the difficult method, you know, and it's like, I got to know myself the first time around, like, I guess I kind of got to know what I didn't need, like maybe what I wanted in the moment, but again, yeah. what we want is not what we need. And it's like, we have to understand that. And it's like, we got to think more about our future than our present yeah. most of the time, you know, like the present is very important as well. But um, the second go around, I guess I was just kind of more like, 
head on my shoulders. Like, God, I really just want to step into what you have for me, you know? Cause like the first go around, one of the biggest things I think that I remember when I think back to it was this feeling of being so stuck. Cause it's mm. like, I guess in a sense, like I wanted to grow. Get, don't get me wrong. Like nobody gets out of a relationship and like has this season of like being single, whatever. And they're like, no, I want to stay stagnant. I want to like regress. Like, I don't think anyone in their right no. mind thinks that way. But it's like, I think back to that moment and it was like two years and I just, I, I took this feeling of being stuck. It's like, my life was going in circles. Cause like I turned into this routine where it's like every week looked the same way to me. It's like nothing in my life was growing. Nothing in my life was getting better. Like nothing in my life was progressing. And it's like, I, I, I can like, it's so weird. I can vividly like the feeling I have inside of me when I think back to those two years. And it's literally like, just like, like my life was just going in circles and it was two complete years in two years. You can do so much growing. You can mm. be such, become such an amazing person. And like, yeah. unfortunately, like I, I feel like I wasted those two years and it's like, by the end of it, it's like, I think I look back and I was probably like, even like regressed compared to where I was mm. at the beginning of the two years. So it's like, I probably went backwards in those two years. Then like my second opportunity to be single, it's like, I realized the mistakes that made the first go around. And it's like, I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to focus on the things that I know I need to focus on. And most importantly, I need to focus on God and also like who I want to be, you know, and to grow as an individual, to learn different things. I got my real estate license, you know, like I started focusing on different things. I had already finished school. Thankfully I finished school actually like right before I entered my first season of singleness, you know? Um, but like, I didn't have school, but like, you know, I focused on God more than anything. Cause like my purpose and calling is to like, you really serve the Lord. So like, but like maybe for somebody else, it might look something different, you know, it might be to own a business, to start a podcast, you know, like all these different things. And it's like, grab the things that like, you know, fill you and ha- give you purpose, your life purpose. And if you don't know what those things are, it's like, there's ways to figure that out. I mean, number one way I'm always going to revert to is God. Like he can give you the answer immediately. But like, you know, if you kind of want to figure it out on your own, like, you know, everyone has things in their life that fulfills them, you know, that makes them happier. For another example, for me, it's like the gym. Like I love working out. I won't ever stop working out. And in those two years, like I got real sloppy with my work. I never stopped. Thankfully I'm, I'm very determined person, but like I got very sloppy with like my, my, my fitness, you know? And it's like these last two years, I've, I've really grown to hone in on it. And that's something Mm -hmm. for me that like, I love and really fills me. It's like perfect example. That's something that's not like, Oh God and church and stuff like that. It's like, something that it's natural it's like i really honed in on like you know eating much better and and yeah. working out harder and mm-hmm. stuff like that it's like to the point where it's like i'm not a morning person at all and i'll do morning workouts sometimes before i would you would never Let's catch go. me the i know you're this morning over here you're talking yeah. this morning over here. I know. you're definitely a morning person <laughs> and then so it's like stuff like that i think it's just like really honing in on who you want to be and like to get yourself to a place of success and purpose and all these different things that like instead of delaying it, it's like, dude, focus on it and really put your mind to it and like, stop wasting your time on things that don't edit, like edify you and educate Mm. you. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I read a million books. I've probably read like three books in my entire life, you know, (laughs) but like, but the truth is, I love it. I love it though. I love it. I'm being honest. Come on. I love the transparency. Let's go. (laughs) That's who I am. But it's like, but still like there's other areas in my life that's like, I know I, I can grow in, you know, and like, maybe I'm not great at reading, but like, I'll listen to like, podcasts like i'll i'll watch preachings i'll i'll listen to different things that i know will help me grow as an individual and i think it's just that it's like kind of deciding what is important and it's going to help you in your life and focusing on those things and maybe throwing away 
or minimizing distractions. Cause we're not going to sit here and say that you're going to get off Instagram for the rest of your life. Like, yeah, I love playing. I love playing call of duty. I'm not going to stop playing call of duty. I'm going to keep playing it, but I'm going to minimize how much time I spend on it. I'm going to minimize yeah. how much time I spend yeah. on social media. If I need to go through a social media fast, like I'm going to do it. I actually did a social media fast for the first time uh, a couple months ago in October. Mm -hmm. And I never realized how much I was addicted to Instagram. Yeah. I would always tell myself, oh, I'm not that bad. Like, I would hear a bunch, a bunch of people saying, oh, I'm going on a social media fast. I'm like, that's cool. I don't really need that. And I'm like, yo, let me try this out. Megan, when I tell you that that first day that I got off of Instagram, I clicked on the Instagram app probably 30 times. And like, I didn't um, delete the app. I just logged out of it. So when you open it, it's a black screen that says login. And I don't like, I would remember seeing my reflection on my phone and I'm just like, dude, I, I'm bad. Like I'm really, I'm really into this deep. And it's like, Hey, but by like week three, I did it for a month. And by week three, like I could care less. Like, I, I think I, I, it went from clicking on it like 30 times to like maybe once or twice in a day, just out of like, like how it, like I was cussing. Yeah, yeah it's it. just like autopilot now. We just click on mm -hmm. it when we're bored. It's like, boom, that's the first thing we do. Yeah. Like exactly. Mm -hmm. And like with that other time, it's like, what did I do? I watched informative videos. Cause again, I'm not a huge reader, uh, but I used that time to fill myself with other things, you know, and like be more like about my day. I'm a huge procrastinator. I was able to not procrastinate as much because like I wasn't stuck on Instagram for an hour. Cause dude, you really, you start scrolling dude, and you don't realize it, but an real. hour will go by an hour will go by and like, yeah. So it's just about like stuff like that, you know, like focusing on what you know is going to help you grow and like minimizing what's going to keep you from growing. That is so, yeah. so good. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I can totally relate as we were talking a little bit beforehand on how this whole podcast originated from an, from a social media fast and I couldn't afford to be distracted. I had to delete the app itself because I was like, I'm not going to be on it for like quote two weeks. Let me just not see it. And then end up being four yeah. months, but not seeing it helped a lot. Okay. I believe out of sight, out of mind, you know, mm -hmm. but it's those things where it's like, I was just so, and also I feel like in those times when you're not distracted and you let God do whatever he wants to do, like you can thrive in who he created you to be. And many times, a lot of those things, it's just like humbling ourselves, like put, like putting on humility and realizing it's not about us, you know, like beforehand, maybe five years ago, I want to start a podcast, but it would have been more self-serving. It would have been more about Megan and how much Megan knows and all about me. Right. And I, <laughs> I, I can like, ugh, like gargle just thinking about that. Like, ew, no, I don't want it to be all about me. I actually want it to be about people. I want it to be about people's stories. I want to, so you know, I believe that, you know, two are better than one and more and community is better together and, and sharing so stories good. and testimonies and people and realizing that, you never know the power of a story. And, you know, you read the Bible, Jesus spoke in parables, Jesus taught in stories, you know, because he understood that's relatable. So mm -hmm. if he taught like that and shared so, like messages like that, why aren't we, you know, like exactly. I have like the smartest person from Harvard in my room, but if he can't relate to anybody, if this person doesn't have humility, if this person doesn't show any empathy, people aren't going to care. Like people, yeah. you know, the quote, people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. And that's, wow. so, that's so, so good. true. Like, I don't care if you're the owner of like the biggest car dealership or no sé qué, like whatever it is, if you don't care about people or humanity or things like that, why am I going to listen to you? You know? Mm -hmm. And it's not like I, I'm a person where I, I do love to listen to people kind of understand why they think the things that they do. And I really do. I truly want to meet people where they're at. I want to understand mm -hmm. why, why do you think like this? And, and just because I don't know. Right. So I mm -hmm. put the humility on of understanding where people are at, but 
to go back to, I guess what I was originally saying about the distraction, like, how did I even get here? I, know, I, th- I may have ADD. I, I don't know. But I, I have a it all the time. <laughs> dude, it's a real place. But uh-huh. understanding that when you're not distracted, you really get to just like see your, your, like, I feel like you get to see your soul in the mirror. Like you get to mm-hmm. see like, okay, this is what I look like on the outside. How do I look like on the inside? Mm-hmm. You know? And I feel like when you do, like we said, that inner healing inside, it, it just, and you cut off the distractions, you will be in places that, like, Tommy, did you ever think that you would be where you are in life right now with your, um, you know, career, with your relationships two years ago, three years ago, four years ago? Oh, no, no. This is like, the, it's funny because being a youth leader was the last thing I ever wanted. Like people <laughs> growing up my whole life, cause I'm a PK, I'm a pastor's kid. They're always going to be, they're always like, oh, you're going to be a pastor when you grow up. And I was like, that is the last thing I wanted. You'll <laughs> Catch me dead before you catch me being like a Stop. pastor or something like that. I would say it all the time. Like, and I would, like, I constantly would profess this. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want ministry. I don't want anything like that. And then it's like, as I've given into the Lord, it's funny because like God usually like the last thing you want is usually what God like gives you, you know? Yeah. And it's, and, but what we don't understand is that like, even though we don't want it, it's like, it's what we need. And it's like, now that I've stepped into this and I'm a youth leader now, and again, if you would have asked me five years ago, pro- dude, probably like two years ago, I probably would have been like, no, I'll never do that. And now that I'm not doing it, it's, 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 it's an understatement to say it's the most fulfilling thing I've ever done yeah. in my entire life. It's the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. Like, I feel like hopping in a time machine, going back to Tommy from like five years ago, slapping him in the face <laughs> yeah. and be like, yo, you don't know what you're missing out on. Come on. Like, Ever since I stepped into this, again, it was the last thing I thought I ever wanted. But now that I'm in it, it's like I realized everything I ever needed. And because more so than me, it's about everybody else. You know, it's about other people. And that's what God called us to do. You know, it's to be a light in the darkness. And it's like, now that I'm doing this, like, it fulfills me. It makes me happier than anything I've ever done. Like, it just brings me joy. I love every second of it. Like, I love sitting down with people and, like, just talking to them, hearing them out. Like, if I just got to sit there and listen to you for an hour, like, vent to me, dude, please. Like, you know, and, like, God knows why he made me the way that I am. And, like, yeah. he, he made me this way. And it's, like, again, it's, like, I didn't think I needed this or I wanted this. Like, I thought it was the last thing I wanted. But now I'm doing it. And it's, like, whoa, like, mm. this is something I should have been doing from a long time ago, you know? That's so good. Yeah, I can. Mm-hmm. Re- I mean, I help out with the youth at my church, um, mm-hmm. specifically like with the 11th and 12th grade girls and also overall just with the middle school and high school. But the fulfillment you get is just undescribable. Like I'll have a hard day. I'll go and, you know, let's be real. If there's some days where like, I don't want to be here, not because of the environment, because I just have my own stuff that I'm going through. And then yeah, at the course. end of the night, I'm crying of joy. Cause I'm like, thank God that I'm here. Like, thank wow. God that I'm here because it just switches your perspective. You like, sometimes if we're alone and this is like the danger of isolation, it's like, you're going through something, anxiety, depression, whatever it is. And you're by yourself and you don't have good people speaking life and truth and just community around you. Like you can, like the enemy will make you believe that you are the only one. You're the only one going through heartbreak. You're the only one who's depressed anxiety. You're the only one who goes through that. Like, you know, you start believing these things, but you get in a group of girls and you start hearing other girls stories of what they're going through. And you're not, and this, I want to make this clear. You're not minimizing like what you're going through, like what you're going through isn't worse or, or less. Um, because I believe that's like, it's, it can be so toxic when, when people internally minimize, Oh, well, mine's not that bad. Cause this girl's going through that. No your feelings are valid in what you're going through. Like a hundred percent what you're going through is valid, but it's good to have perspective of, Hey, there's things that are going on in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
people, there's always someone who's going to have a better you than you. There's always going to be somebody who has it worse than you. There's always going to be someone who's prettier than you. There's always going to be someone who's smarter than you. There's always going to be like someone who has it better, worse, less, whatever. Like everyone mm-hmm. is at different places of their lives. Right. But going back to the fulfillment of, I like in the last year or two, probably in the last year, I've found so much fulfillment serving with the youth because so I'm now giving of my time, which I think is the most precious like commodity we have in the world is our time, mm-hmm. right? Something we can never gain back. Like at the end mm-hmm. of that, oh my gosh, I saw a movie last night, Tommy. Um, oh, Yama. It's on Netflix, like same kind of different as me. I think that's what mm-hmm. it's called. And it was, I, I, a whole tissue box, Sifway, like a whole tissue box gone. Like I, my, I, I was like, oh my gosh, am I, am I going to have poofy eyes for that? Like this conversation today? Cause like I cried so much. I was afraid my eyes were going to look huge. And, um, oh, no. but I cried so much because at the end of the movie, one of the main characters passes away from terminal cancer, but her funeral, if you looked at it, it was filled Like I've never seen like, I think a funeral that wasn't like someone like quote famous or like a public figure that had so many people. And it was because she would serve her free time on like at a homeless shelter where they would give out food and she took in a homeless man and it's based on a true story. So that made me cry like extra Extra. when it's, when it's true story just hits different. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. I was like, no, I cried. Uh And it just made me realize like I went to bed last night and I was like, wow, like, what am I spending my time on? Because that's how like the end of my life will be recognized as, you know, am I spending Mm -hmm. all the time working on myself for myself by myself? No, I believe you need to work on yourself, but it's not just for yourself. You're working Mm -hmm. on yourself for, for the youth. You're working on yourself for your future family. You know, you're working Mm -hmm. on yourself for that future relationship. You're working on yourself for something so much bigger than yourself, you Mm -hmm. know? And being in that, I mean, I can relate to you, Tommy, on, on going out. Like, I mean, I partied more like, like late middle school, early and all throughout high school, just like love to party, 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 woo party. And, um, but it was not fulfilling because guess what? It was this constant. I need to go out. 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 God forbid I stayed home one night. My mom was like, dude, <laughs> relax, you know, and then like college came, found the Lord. And I'm like, Ooh, I, I like this. I could see on a Saturday night. I watch it for me and I'm Gucci. I'm fulfilled. Like I'm serving mm-hmm. the next day at church and, and, and it's fulfilling. It's not, Oh, I'm serving at church. Cause I have to, I'm serving at church. Cause I get to, I'm serving at church. Cause mm-hmm. I want to. And it's, it's a fulfillment that truly like, and I think it's awesome when you get, two different people like you and me who, I mean, you grew up your whole life being in the church where I was more on the Catholic side, very lukewarm, like just very like, yep, Sunday, peace out. You were a, a whole pastor's kid, you know, but yeah. you went through the same feelings. You went through the same thing. And and I think it's cool that I feel the same way. Like you have to get out what you got to get out of you, right? Like there was something inside of you that had to taste a little bit of the world that had to, you know, try mm-hmm. those things because guess what now? When other people are trying to get out of that season of their lives, you can be right next to their side and saying, Hey, if I could do it, if God can use this mess, guess what? He can use you too. <laughs> like if you're, you're 30, right? You're, you're like, mm-hmm. I'm 30 and God's just getting started with me. And you have like 18 year olds coming up to you thinking their life's done because like a breakup, you're like, dude, <laughs> let me, let me tell you a story. Child. <laughs> Sit down for a second. <laughs> let, let, let's have a chat. Let's have a cafecito chat, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's, you know, um, there's no true fulfillment than, than serving people. You know, there's no yeah. better fulfillment than serving the people around you, your community. And, and you realize it's, it's contagious. Like you get oh, around yeah. 
once you love doing that, you get around people that also love to do it. And you start hanging around people that actually um, have the same morals and values and mission and vision. And they build you up. And they're the ones that are at your doorstep. Like when you are like, I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to look at anybody. I want to be by myself. And like, no, I'm here for you. And even if they're sitting next to your bed, just being there with you, like you find that, that authentic community being around places like that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, just surrounding yourself with good people because it's easy to do those things, going out, partying, drinking drugs, whatever, when you're around the people that always do that, you know, but it's Mm -hmm. hard to do those things when you're people that are doing the complete opposite. Right. And, and I just think it's awesome that you get to, you've been able to experience so much in your life to where now, you know, you're exactly where you need to be doing exactly what you need to be doing. And now you get to just pour into people's lives, pour into, um, met like met like lives of young men and, you know, just give them hope. You know, I believe that all of our stories and our testimonies, our life is, is, can be like a sign of hope for somebody. And I just think it's just to hear your story and to see what God's doing in you and through you. It's so awesome, Tommy. Thank you so much. No. And likewise, Megan, look at everything that you're doing. God's doing through you. And it's like, it's so cool. Cause like, you're younger than me. Like, and it's great. I love that. Cause it's like, you've, you realize younger than me. And that, I guess like to me is one of the biggest burdens in my heart. It's like, mm-hmm. you don't have to wait till like, and then there's people probably even older than me that got it way, way after I did. And I'm sure they look at me and they're like, I'm glad you got it when you were younger. Yeah. You know, it's like, I can look at you and be like, you got it when you were younger. And that's awesome. And you know, cause like God can start using you and you can start living the life that you were meant to live at such an earlier age too, you know? And it's like, God's going to bless you in so many ways that you would have never expected because you gave into him at an earlier age, you know, and gave into everything that he has for you. And it's like, what you sow is what you reap, right? It's like, you're sowing your life. God's going to give you life, you know? Like, that's just the way it is. It's the way it works, you know? So it's like, that's so awesome. I'm really happy for you and like everything you're doing here. It's like, I know God's going to multiply this like crazy, dude. Like, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. You're making me yeah. look like a whole chipmunk out here with my shit <laughs> <laughs> You're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> Tavi, I wanted to talk a little bit about, this is some a topic that people wanted to, um, have been coming to me saying, hey, can you do an episode on this? Can you talk a little bit about this? I'm like, for sure. You know, and then when I was thinking, who can I have on to talk about this? I was like, aha, I think I have the right person. <laughs> and that's you. And I want to talk a little bit about what guys wish girls knew mm-hmm. because I feel like there are some things that I have guy friends and they'll share some things with me. And I'm like, really? Like what? <laughs> like you like, you guys like just certain things that like, I guess the girl, it can go over girls heads, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me, what are some things that come to your mind when I mean, you can look back at past relationships and, and, or maybe, you know, whether you speak to a younger guy, whoever, um, and if we understood this as, as women, maybe we can understand y'all better and there can be better communication, yeah. less friction, things like that. So what are some things that you wish, uh, got, what are some things that you wish girls knew girls about knew. guys? Yeah. I think it's funny. Cause I was actually having a conversation about this yesterday. Um, no, on, on Sunday, sorry. And like, this girl was like talking to me and a friend and she was like, Oh, I like this guy. And, and I don't know what to do about it. And Okay, I think there's a clause when it comes to this one because like I feel like the person, the guy in specific needs to be mature because mm. most of the time if a dude, I think that that makes a huge difference in this conversation. It's like, is the person mature? Is the person not mature? Uh, mature, uh, 
male would, I think, for example, this specific situation, I told him, like, just go tell him that you, how you feel about him. And I feel like that doesn't happen enough nowadays because, like, mm. I know now maybe there's, like, this whole girl shoot your shot movement thing going on. <laughs> but I think <laughs> I think it's valid, dude, because, like, at least for me, I mean, obviously without being, like, crazy, but, like, I feel like it's really attractive, at least for me, when a female is just, like, intentional and straight up about how she feels because I feel like most of the time girls play so many games and like mm-hmm. they do this whole little routine to like get you to see that you like them when you could have just like instead of like beating around the bush and just got straight to the point be like hey look I like you like can like like we go out for coffee something like that and then it's like you're gonna like speed up everything in your life so much faster so the dude's not into you like he tells you right away it's like you didn't waste your time instead mm-hmm. of like god knows how long you would have wasted or if he isn't to you, bam, like you're already like getting something started that you didn't have to wait so long for. And it's like, I, I mean, I'm not saying all girls are like this because I'm sure there's girls out there that are very intentional and direct. Like they don't beat around the bush. But I mean, in like, as I've lived life, I've noticed a lot of girls, sometimes I personally feel like are like, they're not direct enough. And like, I just wish girls would be more direct because it's like, things just would move along so much faster. Like another one, I think guys do this too. I'm not going to say it's only girls, but just in general, it's like this whole, like, you know, when like you're texting with somebody and they take like an hour to respond and you're like, okay, now nah, I got to take two hours to respond because <laughs> I can't come off as like needy or something. And it's like, yeah. at least for me, I think again, with that clause of the person being mature, because if a person's mature, they like don't see it in that way. But it's like, yo, just like respond when you can. But like, yeah. don't play games and be like, like, I don't know. It's just like elongating things and not being intentional. Yeah. Like I think yeah. intentionality is so important. And like, especially when you're older, like my age, like when I was like looking for somebody, it's like, I, I didn't want to waste my time. Like I, I want to find the right person and like move forward. And it's like, those things add up and add up. And it's like, it's a waste of time. You know, it's like, I'm not going to say it's only gross. I know guys do it too, but it's, I would say that I'm, like one of the things that I wrote down and like I saw from that conversation I had with somebody on Sunday was just like, you'll be direct and intentional. Like you're not going to miss out on anything. You're not going to lose anything. So I want to add something. Let's have some fun conversation here. So being on the girl side, Mm -hmm. do you, cause I'll have youth girls come up to me, friends like that. Um, And from my perspective, do you think Tommy, and maybe you could say if this is how you were in your relationship, you as the guy you took the role in being the one that's direct letting the girl know that way the girl didn't feel let on because i feel like also girls guys do the same like texting and then girls like okay does he like me does he not um Mm -hmm. and having conversation with guys i mean i have different guy friends with different personalities so i get different answers um but from what the guys that i spoke to a lot of times they say that they're just direct and the girl needs to like not lead the guy on with their directiveness. So it's like, Hey, I like you. And the girl needs to be like, okay, cool. I like you too. Or, Oh, I'm sorry. I just saw you as a friend. And then at least the guy know where he's at mm-hmm. in your case, were you the one that was like direct, like, Hey, I like you. Or did you wait for your girlfriend to tell you first? Oh no, I was full, full steam ahead. You know? Let's go. And that's what I'm talking about. I just, and again, um, if, if we're going to, if we're going to bring scripture up here, um, my pastor said, we have a girl's group and she's like, girls, the word says he who finds a wife, finds a good thing. he who finds, he who finds not the girl who, you know what I'm saying? And so I feel yeah. like you, uh, you did that part and 
um, of, of being direct and being like, Hey, I like you. And I'm obviously with, with how things turned out, she likes you too. Right. Um, but can you speak a little bit, Tommy? Um, and I believe that once a guy is direct with a girl, the girl should have, uh, the respect and audacity to be clear with the guy and not be afraid mm. of like the guy likes you, but you don't like him back. Tell him that you don't feel the same way. Cause again, you don't want to lead a guy on cause homeboy has feelings too. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But then <laughs> guys also, cry too, man. Yeah. That's like, that's like, yeah, we're going to get there. soon. <laughs> but also it's like, but also if you do like him, don't be afraid to tell him you like him, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, could you share a little bit like, why do you think guys are afraid to like share that they like a girl? Like why are you guys sometimes like, there's some guys I met some guys, they are so direct. I'm like, Whoa, that was, wow. That was like direct yeah. boldness and capitalized yeah. letters direct. Yeah, like, yeah. Caught me off guard direct. And there's uh-huh. other guys when you're like, question mark, question mark, question mark. What's, you, have no idea you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. So get tapping into the male brain here. Why mm-hmm. is it? And I, everyone's different, but why do you believe that most guys that aren't direct, like, why are they afraid to just be the first one to be like, boom? I okay. Like you. Perfect. I think personally, A, because I lived it, B, because I have friends, I saw so many guy friends also do this. It's like, again, I think it's a thing about maturity. And I think mm-hmm. that maybe they're not ready for a relationship. Cause I feel like if a guy's direct, like it's because he wants something, he has his eyes on something and he wants like, you know, he wants, he wants to not say it cause you guys are items to acquire, but like, you know, like he wants to have something with you. But most of the time when a guy's not direct, it's like, I guess it's sometimes he's playing the field, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm probably exposing mad dudes and stuff like that, but it's, it's true. It's like, the truth the reality is like like guys yeah they are bro but like i was there like when you're not mature you know you're not really ready for a relationship when you can have your eyes on different things you know Mm. and it's like if you're not set on like one person it's like you're not ready for a relationship i hate to break it to you you know like if you can't put all your love and attention on one person you're not ready for it so it's like i think personally that's why sometimes guys a like the first example would be like that's why they lack um that intentional intent intentionality and directness because like they aren't ready for relationship b maybe their personality is more a little more timid and laid back and i think all that has to do with how they grew up and like how they were raised and people they were surrounded by and blah blah blah. and like maybe they just never learned maybe sometimes unfortunately they don't have a father figure at home to teach them how to do things or they don't have like friends that do things correctly or like they have a good example of a relationship either a at home or b like they've like been able to like you know, feed off of. So I think that's another thing is like maybe just the way they were raised and like they need to be taught that. And it's, mm-hmm. so I would say it's probably like a mix of both of those things. It's like one of the two, it's like either they're not ready for a relationship or be like, they just don't know how. And I mean, that's unfortunate sometimes for girls because then they're like, I like this guy, but I don't know what's going on in his mind, you know? And it's like, then I guess when that's when you get into the situations where it's like, you're both maybe leading each other on hoping that there's something there. But then that's why I feel like one of the two needs to just direct and up front and it's like yeah. it's that question that nobody wants to like it's so embarrassing because yeah. like that fear of rejection is there but it's like real. that's why i think it's so important to like be able to conquer that fear because rejection is never and should be looked at a pause as a positive thing because if they rejected you you saved yourself time you saved yourself heartache you saved yourself so much because like if they told- preach it exactly <laughs> and then if like they like you shoot your shot if your yeah. shot gets like knocked out, then dude, that wasn't the person for you because the person right. for you will accept you. And if they do, then bet like you're you're good to go. Yeah. You're green. Like, 
proceed, you know? So um, I would say priority. I love that. I love that you, I love how you elaborated on that um, because there are sometimes conversations I have with my dad and, you know, just hearing people's stories and going through things and even myself, you start to question like, okay, well, what was their upbringing? You know, did this person have a father? You know, like things that as girls we think should be common sense may not be common sense to guys because they weren't grown up to be taught that. Right. Mm-hmm. Someone obviously grows up with a father, um, a loving father to be specific is going to maybe have better insight on women than someone who didn't have a father or who did have one, but that wasn't as loving. Maybe that one that didn't yeah. even respect his own wife. And so the son grew up seeing that and has questions, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important. Also, um, that kind of ties into like, if you know, you're listening and you know, you don't have a father figure or a mother figure in your life. Like the, um, you're not alone. You know, uh, there are yeah. many people out there that, that are going through the same thing, but also you can seek out spiritual guidances, you know, spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, you know, I know. So yeah. unfortunately so many people close to me that don't have those fathers that don't have those mothers, but you know, within our church, they seek out the spiritual guidance and, it's and so guess good. what? Like when they're going through it and they're in the thick of it, they can go to those people for guidance. And those mm-hmm. people are just thriving in life. You know, I have a friend of mine. Yeah. Well, he's like the youth director and very dear to um, dear to my heart, him and his wife just had their second baby. And um, you know, he didn't really grow up with his father figure in his life, you know, and, but he sought out once he started going to church the right spiritual guidance. And now he has that spiritual father that is pretty much like an earthly father. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think that's really important because once if you're stuck and you don't know certain things, if you have that guidance, it can save so much time and heartbreak and question marks and things that can honestly, it's like, really, like you said, like direct directiveness. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. speaking to like guy friends and my dad, like guys love directiveness. Like girls can like like if we have a question, we can like be like, go through a whole chapter of a book before we get to the question. Whereas the guy is just like, what's the question? Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. do you want to ask me? And I'm like, I laugh so hard when I hear that. I'm like, I'm that kind of girl. Like I will talk for like 15 minutes before I get to like my point. And it's like, dude, just get to the point. Exactly. Um, shout out to the empathetic listeners. I appreciate you, people. you guys. You guys are my people. Um, but that was one thing that, um, and I agree too. I feel like and I agree with you that on this, Tommy, where mm-hmm. if, like you said, there is in a situation where, okay, if you're listening and you're in that situation where both y'all don't know where y'all at, but you're talking and you're kind of confused. Well, I do think there should be a time to where you decide, okay, and like next week or this week or today, I'm going to text this person and just say, Hey, where are you at? Yeah. Where's this going? What are your intentions? Cause a lot of times, honestly, and let's be real, Tommy, I know people who are guys and they're just friendly and they'll talk, but they're just, they just want to be friends with people. Right. Yeah. But then a girl will take that differently mm-hmm. or a guy, a girl's just friendly. So she's friends with a lot of guys. So she, yeah. you know, she texts guys and her mind, Oh no, we're just friends. And then homeboy's having a whole movie in his head or vice versa. So I do believe they're doing the kids in the wedding. Yeah. So I do believe like, like you said, like the, the point of, of um, being direct, like, I don't think like your time is precious. You should know your value and your worth. And I do believe at a time, a guy should make that directiveness. And if you're on the other side and you're the girl, I think also don't be afraid and asking, Hey, like, what are your intentions? Cause I'm not trying to waste my time here. Like Mm -hmm. I, I don't just talk to anybody, you know, like you also, we also, as women, 
we need to understand our worth and understand that you can't just give your time and your energy, whether it's communicating through the phone or in person to just anybody. Like you have to know that that person's on the same page and they're not great, but at least, you know, earlier on than later. And unfortunately, Tommy, I feel like being in the youth, we kind of see this all the time where somebody will come up to you. Like, I like this person. You're like, okay. So like, tell me more. Like, well, we just text and you're like, that's it. Like, (laughs) did this person voice it to you? And they're like, no. And you're like, okay. Uh Has this person wanted to ask you all like for coffee to get to know you more or invite you over to hang out with friends in a setting? No. Okay. So maybe you guys are just friends. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I feel like we've all gone through it. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you've been through it. I've been through it. We've all been through it where it's like that awkward. Is this something? Is it not? And again, I think the answer to that is being direct, you know, giving it some time. You don't text somebody for a week and be like, okay, what are we? That might scare the person. Okay. (laughs) But tampoco, you don't want six months to go by and you're like crickets. You know, you, you want to know where you're in. And I feel like you have to obviously be confident in who you are and have the courage to do that. Yeah. And, and not taking it, like you said, personally, not taking the rejection personal. Um, because like you said, thank God, if that's not the one, like, and there's this, like, call it cheesy, but I love it. And it's like, God's reject, um, man's rejection is God's protection. You know, somebody that may have rejected you. Yeah. That that's, that's a word (laughs) right there. Like somebody who may have rejected you, God's like, baby, but I'm protecting you, you know? And I, I mean, like, let's be real. Like girls go through rejection too. And not necessarily from a guy saying that, but just actions of people, you, you feel that rejection, but you don't take it personal when you understand, Hey, it's nothing personal. God mm-hmm. just setting you on a different path. And, and when, once you have that mindset, um, in you faster, you start to make better choices. You're not reminiscing on something that you don't need to, you know? Mm-hmm. So I love that you mentioned that. Cause I feel like that's a real place for a lot of people. Um, yeah. and it's just like, dude, y'all need to know where you stand give it some time, but also you don't want to waste your time. Tommy, mm-hmm. I want to ask you this. Cause I, I feel like I may know your answer, but I want to ask you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, um, this is, do guys prefer a girl with like just her natural beauty or like <laughs> ton of makeup? Like this is literally on my list. <laughs> Yo, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Come on. <laughs> I think, I think this is a, like my person answer 100%. personally i am a hundred percent natural beauty like there's like j cole said one time he's like why are you gonna put why, why are you gonna change what god already put his paintbrush on like it's like why you don't gotta enhance like who you are like god made you the way you are and it's like i'm sorry but like whoever you end up with is gonna see you without makeup like it's a normal Come thing it's like, you're, gonna, morning, you're not gonna, gonna see your face <laughs> exactly you're not gonna wake up with makeup on like and i mean it would be really bad if like you have to wake up every morning before they do to put on makeup or something i don't know it's crazy so it's like i personally don't like makeup the last thing i want is i hug you and i have your face print on my shirt you know because lord knows how many times i'm at church and like these older women, shout out to them, but like they got like their whole face like painted oh, on, yeah. and it's like I hug them, and like I literally have like a face print on my um, on my jacket. It's just like all right, cool. Like I guess this is what I'm gonna deal with for the rest of the day. But no, personally, I Tommy Acosta do not like makeup. Like I mean, I I know girls like it, and again, they always say oh, we do it for ourselves. We don't do it for you. Uh-huh. Deep down inside, I know there's some <laughs> lie to that. I know they all do it because like they want to look beautiful and stuff. But it's like, bro, you're already beautiful. Like. You don't got to do anything more to it, but like, whatever I get it. And I understand like, it's going to be a thing that's it's forever going to be a thing. Like I doubt no girl on the face of this planet is never going to wear makeup again. Like, I don't know, personally, it's like minimal, you know, like, I guess if you want to do a little something like cool, but personally, I don't, I don't know if I speak for every man out there. 
I think I could probably speak for the majority of men out there. Cause oh, like yeah. the last thing you want to do is like see this chick and you think she's super cute. And then like, <laughs> no offense, but like she catfishes you because she looks like a completely different person oh, after yeah. they take off their makeup. And it's like, in a sense, you're kind of lying to us because like you're making yourself out to be something you're not. And like, that's not fair to us too. Cause it's like, damn. And like, let's say, we look at you and we're like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. And like, I, I doubt like anybody puts on this much makeup, but you look like a completely different person. And then it's like, then they're like, okay, no, I don't really, I'm not attracted to you anymore. Cause like, you don't look anything like what I thought you looked like, you know? And it's like, I don't know. Is it like, whose fault is it there? Cause it's like, you were kind of like led on to believe a certain thing, but then it's like, the reality is not what you saw, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know, personally. Yeah, I don't, I don't. And I think most men would probably agree with me that it's like, y'all don't gotta treat your face like a coloring book like it's all good (laughs) no I I had to bring that up because like it's a conversation that I just I love to ask guys or I mean not just any guy obviously my guy friends um and it's really interesting because they say the same thing my dad's so big on this like he is like he's so like the more natural the better he's like I don't even like girls wearing high heels he's like honestly like at a party I understand but he's like honestly your mom in flip-flops no makeup like that's my girl that's my beach girl I was like amen dad yes she is <laughs> that's and I feel how that. it is and bro it's crazy Tommy because like you said like girls will say oh we don't do it for y'all we do it for ourselves but like deep deep down obviously like we're doing it so we look good out there right and I do believe like every girl like you said like you've acknowledged like girls are still gonna wear their makeup and I believe like the difference of like adding that touch you know like of mascara or some concealer if you're like a bit tired like a hundred percent like I'm for that but also not to the point where you're just like two different people um and if you're into makeup and that's what you do girl you do you like if that's your thing and you love that awesome like if that's your like yeah. if that's what you love by no means like be literally not but wanting people to, that are listening to to, the, to this to understand that guys love it like when we're in natural and we may not obviously we're comparing our natural selves to what we see on Instagram. We're comparing our natural selves to, you know, people who have a full face of makeup, but it's like, you said, do you want to be that girl that's got like padding dudes with their like blush and bronzer in their shirt or, you know, and, and that's something Tommy where I spoke about on one of the last episodes last season with a friend of mine, Bao is in my past, I was super insecure when I did have makeup on. I was like, I was so afraid that if a guy like that I was dating saw me that makeup, I'm like, what is he going to think? And now thinking about that, it, it actually breaks my heart that I had that mindset and that perspective. It truly breaks my heart because I was like, wow, like, first of all, homeboy wasn't even with me because of my looks, number one. Like, I'm sure mm-hmm. that had something to do with it, but that wasn't the reason why he stayed. And number two, yeah. it, it just it breaks my heart how I put so much emphasis on that, right? Um, mm-hmm. And going through healing and just understanding, okay, like, what are my insecurities? What are things that, you know, I may not, like, embrace about myself? And that was one of those things, was, like, embracing my natural self. And so like little by little, I'd start going to events, no makeup or even like a little bit, but not as much. And I felt like I was doing it because I truly didn't want it, but I felt good on the inside. And there are times where I can look back and I actually met guys I had in the past when I had no makeup on. And I'm like, wow, they met me like this and they like me for this. Imagine when I do get ready, looking like a whole trophy, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, damn. But my mom always told me that from a young age, She's like Megan, it's better that a guy meets you. And you just look like you, you are your natural self, your beautiful self. And when you want to get ready, like, dang, homegirl can get ready versus Mm -hmm. you look like a million bucks on the first day. And then when they see you, like, they're going to still love you for who you are. But again, like, and and I just want to, because it's so, it's like hard for girls to wrap their minds around, like, guys don't like girls without, guys like girls without makeup. But then we, we still feel like 
you will like us with it, but it's like, no, if you hear to every guy I talk to, not one, not one. I've, guys will say girls, you know, touch up and then mm-hmm. we will look better, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, like it's who you are, that's going to keep them around, but also your natural beauty being who you are, you know, like mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I feel like also has to come from deep down, like your confidence and in, in who you are and understanding, like, that's not going to scare a guy away. And the yeah, right guy's no. going to love you and embrace you. And like you said, like, you know, I can't wait one day in the, um, in the future to wake up and just someone love me for who I am, for who I am, no makeup, no filter, nothing, but just no. who I am. And I think that's so beautiful mm-hmm. when you can feel comfortable with someone that knows like they love the, the good, the bad, the ugly, all that about exactly. someone, you know, yeah. and that's just something I wanted to bring up because now that's that like I have that understanding and not doing it just for people, but also myself, like I'm like, bro, makeup is tiring. Like it takes time, it takes <laughs> energy. I'm doing the pot. So yeah, I got my little blush here, yeah. and there. but like, if it ain't for this, I'm going to a coffee shop. I'm like, baby, let's go. I got my sunscreen on and I'm oh, good. Yeah. like, it, you know, and it, and I just feel more, I feel more like me, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like and, eggs. and making and, and um, makeup's expensive too, bro. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> guys don't wear any, and y'all like us. Like we're doing okay without it. Like, like y'all can do okay without it too. And then I also remember this joke. I mean, I'm sure everyone's seen that meme that it's like guys are always like take when you go out with a girl for the first time, always take her to like the beach or the pool because like yeah, that makeup's coming stop. off. I didn't yeah, hear that. Like, first dates are always either at the beach or the pool because like that makeup's coming right off. Um, so it's like you can see what they actually look like, and you're not catfish, you know. But um, no, yeah, I think I agree. Like, so it's it's interesting to hear. Also, I guess. Because, I mean, I agree with all my girlfriends, friends, but um, obviously you have other friends that aren't my friends. And it's like, so to hear from your perspective, the males that you've asked also agree. Makeup. Oh, 100%. Go. My dad's always like, oh. like the less, the better. And he's like, touches up, touches ups are good, obviously. But he's like, it doesn't <laughs> like, there is no, honestly, like better compliment when you're just you, no makeup, you're yourself. And someone's like, you're glowing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. real? and let me, yeah. and it's so funny. Cause there are times where like, I take no time to get ready. I'm like, and this is where I think, like, honestly, like, the joy of the Lord takes over you, where it's like, I'm, like, reading my word. I'm getting ready. I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't even have time to, like, wear a cute outfit or do my makeup, whatever. So I just put on whatever. I head out. And wherever I go, like, that's the day I'm, like, everyone's like, yo, you, you glowing today. I'm like, my Lord, <laughs> thank you, because I took no time to do my face today. <laughs> that's because that's your natural beauty, you know? Hey, what's that drink line, hair tie, chilling with no makeup on? Yes! But I got the sweatpants on. Now I'm just missing the bun and the no makeup. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I just, I wanted to touch on that because it's so funny. Every guy I talk to, and I think about this, you know, when you meet someone, let's say, you know, your person, whatever, better that they meet you how you are versus mm-hmm. like putting, and it, again, it's not bad if they meet you on an event or whatever and you're like done up, okay. But also understand like, homeboy's not going to love you any less when you don't have makeup on. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like a guy, if he's dating you for who you are and he meets you and you're at an event and you're looking gorgeous and you are gorgeous. And when you're natural, and I think Tommy, I want to bring this up to you. This is more for the girls understanding is like, I was afraid of like, oh my gosh, you know? And then when someone would look at me and they're like, dude, you're, you're beautiful. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? It was those insecurities. And I think that's when the enemy will attack mm-hmm. you and be like, oh, he's like, he's going to think you're this and you're that. And then he's looking at you. He's like, wait a minute. You thought I was with you just because of your face. Like girl, <laughs> you wrong. Like you got way yeah. more things than a face that attracted me to you, you know? Yeah. 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 But it's one of those things where like now as me, I have a better understanding of that. I can be confident in that and, and go into a room or just be myself and not worried. What do they think? Da-da-da. Da, 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 da. it's like no I'm confident in who I am 
And that person out there is going to love me for me, you know, mm-hmm. with maquillaje, with, I'll say maquillaje, with makeup or without, <laughs> like, you know, exactly. <laughs> um, so I just, I'm glad that we touched on that because, um, I just feel like that's something that a lot of girls can, um, we can feel insecure about. And really it's like, mm-hmm. hey, the right person's going to love you with it, without it. They're not going to be yep. intimidated when you have it on or when you have it off. Like they're going to okay. love you for your heart. And it all goes back to like, when you do that inner, um, work of healing inside of you like that's what's going to be the real glow up that's going to be like what's going to keep the person for 10 20 30 70 until y'all you know like have reached Uh time you know so i'm glad that i asked you guys i asked you that and got your perspective because i think it's Mm -hmm. important that um there's just so much more obviously that meets the eye oh for sure um and i'm glad that you know you got to elaborate a little bit more about that <laughs> it's funny that we both had it written down too yeah i was like i have to cover this because it's just something my dad's always telling me he's like hey again the last makeup the bar I was like got you dad um bro, i'm such an advocate for it like i think yeah. alicia keys doesn't wear makeup and i'm like bro alicia keys are amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah no literally i'm on this thing where like i'm taking all the foods out that make me like acne all this stuff right because i'm like i want to work on my skin to the point where like I don't wear makeup and I feel good, you know, mm-hmm. I'm at a point where like, yeah, I won't, you know, wear makeup, but I still kind of feel like, oh, I still got some acne scars and this and that. And Hey, that's normal. I'm a human being, but I also know I can take care of my body by my, the nutrients I put in by the things that I drink a ton exactly. of water, coconut water, all those things. So I can like Alicia Key, that's so funny. I brought her, you, you brought her up. She's one of the, like, one of the women that inspire me to just embrace my natural beauty, like truly embrace that. So dope. And I see her, I'm like, her skin is so dewy and glowy and natural. And I'm like, I'm on it. And I told him, one of my dermatologists, I'm like, y'all, I'm on a mission. I want my skin to look so glowing, dewy. I got nothing. I'm like, you know, but again, I'm not waiting to get there to feel Mm -hmm. like, no, I'm, and I think that's something also like being confident in who you are right here, right now. And I don't think that's like a overnight thing where it's like, okay, I'm insecure. Next morning, I'm going to wake up and I'm like, I got the confidence of no, say the rock, someone like that. Yeah. It's like, no, it takes time. Like when I tell you, it took months for me to work on all my insecurities, all of my gunk, but now I can yeah. walk with the confidence, not of just in me, cause I'm nothing without God, but the confidence of yeah. God inside of me. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm not intimidated by things I used to be intimidated of. I'm not, I'm no longer quote performing for people. I'm no yeah. longer putting a show or a facade for people to think of me better or less. No, I want people to know me for me, exactly. you know? And, um, I think also that's, um, if you want to touch a bit about, I think also guys, it's interesting when girls and guys, when a girl and guy like each other, they can, um, mm-hmm. get very awkward with each other. Right. And I think that's human <laughs> yeah. nature. That's like a hundred percent. Obviously you get awkward and nervous when you like someone like that's, that's human nature. If you didn't get nervous, I would be worried that you don't like the person. So you get nervous. Right. But then also there needs to be a time where you could just be yourself. Cause I feel Mm -hmm. like that and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's when guys really love to see uh, girls when they're just who they are. Like they're real, not putting a front, not trying to say the right thing or the cute thing or trying to be the quiet, cute girl. I thought I had to be the quiet, cute girl for a guy to like me. And I'm like, 
Forget that. I'm I'm loud. <laughs> I'm a people person. I say the weirdest things. Ya tu sabes. Like I, I say things like I don't even get that. But I realized me embracing who I am, I've attracted the right friendships in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm no longer thinking, oh, the cute guys in the room. Let me um let me tone down my personality just a little bit. And it's like, no way, Jose. Like I'm gonna be me. Can can you just share a little bit, Tommy, on the importance of anybody really, guys and girls, just embracing who they are and not shying who they are to impress somebody? Dude, I think it's like the most important and key thing because like we talked about earlier, like that's who you are. And inevitably, like you can't suppress that forever. And if you do, you're going to live a miserable life. If every day you wake up trying to hide who you are, you're going to live a miserable life. A, B, like you're going to attract the people that love you for who you are, like the most authentic you. And then you will live a life of so much happiness and peace and joy because everyone around you, you know, is there because they care about you and they love who you are. The craziness, the stupidness, like whatever it is that comes with the package of who you are. It's like, that's, that's what they love about, you you know, like, for example, like my girlfriend now, like she, she, um, she was very, I told her from the beginning, I was like, you'll just be like the most authentic version of yourself in the beginning. And it's like, she's turned into more of a clown, obviously over time, she started talking and dating. And it's like, I have fallen more in love with the fact of like how much of a clown she can be. Cause like, I'm going to be honest, I've known her for a very long time, but like, I never really got to know her until like recently when we started like getting to know each other and dating. And it's like, I didn't know there was a side to her. And like, mm. I love it. I love like the stupidness and the, yeah. the clown, the clown antics. And it's like, yeah. I, I love that. And I feel like in general, whether it's like somebody that you like or it's just friends, it's like, you need to be, you need to expose that about yourself. Come and on. like, most of the time I feel like, those like little things that you keep hidden and like don't let out because you think people are going to think are weird are usually the attributes about you that people love the most and then they Let's recognize go. you for, and they like love about you and like they come to you because it's like if you're that one person that's mad loud or something I don't know like they love you because they're like yo that's that loud per- person that I love you know it's like there's the little key things about you that you think people aren't gonna like but in reality it's like you don't know what they actually are gonna think so it's like just be you and live a life that's happy and fulfilled in who you are deep down inside and like be unapologetic about it. It's like if somebody doesn't like that aspect about you, like too bad for them. Like you're better off without them. Like you need people that are going to love you for the most authentic you. A hundred percent. Like I want to touch back on what you just said. Like if you are yourself and someone does not like that about you, baby they are not the one for you let me say it again if you are your authentic self and someone does not like that for whatever reason they're not the one for you like the door is right there the door is girl run boy run like you gotta run towards people that like again I've um grown and I've learned to unlearn this about myself and and not have it control me but growing up I was a whole perfectionist you know just very like um always like analyzing everything and viewing everything mm-hmm. and how can people view this and this and that and just being very discerning with a bunch of things which can be unhealthy if you do not control that so mm-hmm. but topic for another back, day yeah a whole another episode <laughs> be back. but I can look back at times in my life and I'm like oh my goodness like I was not myself I was trying to kind of like quiet down who Meg's really is at her core and then going through a lot of like healing and discovering and unlearning and learning all these different things. I'm like, okay, 
I am a people person. I love time alone, but I'm with people. I love to embrace them. I love to talk to girls. I like to talk to guys. I like to just be in community. I love to say silly things. I love to dance. And my old self would have kind of, okay, let's, let's just put the knob a little bit less. Let, let's not uh-huh. dance too much too too you know, even if I got a youth and I'm like, whoa, like my church had like, we had like a family fun night and I was in the crowd with the youth. I was pumping. Like I was at some festival. I was like, let's go. And <laughs> I was like, this is me. And I think like the right guy or the right girl is going to fall in love finding you who you are in your environment. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like it happens so organically and so naturally, like stories that yeah. I hear with my friends at church, like my friends who got married, it happens so organically. And I can, I talk to, you know, the guys who, who, who married my friends and I, and I, and I ask them questions and they're like, honestly, like the most attractive thing is like f- seeing their love for God, their love for people, but seeing them passionate about what they're doing and, and, and like knowing like, Hey, like they're good with or without me. Like, like they don't need me to like fulfill anything, like any void. Cause they're complete without me. I'm just a compliment to who they are. So and good. I'm like, yup, that's, that's a whole word right there. Y'all passion like, is so passion is so attractive. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything more attractive you can find on an individual than them being passionate. Like, yeah, because you know, and this is one thing is like, you don't need to be like you don't, there's some passions that obviously like passion for the Lord, passion for, but like, let's say if you have a passion for, no say like the beach and somebody else has a passion to watch basketball games. Like that's okay. If you don't see like eye to eye for everything, but at least like that mm-hmm. person like is like in all in, in that area of their life, you know? Mm-hmm. And I do believe like, and we both, Tommy, you're the one shout out to you who recommended the book. I'm going to put this book out for everybody to read, y'all, for everyone to read. Oh my God. It's called, um, only book I've ever read chapter, like covered, like beginning to end in my life. I'm going to be hundred percent honest. Let's, Cause it was that good because it was that good. It was, and it uh, was, um, the sacred, the sacred search, Church. the sacred mm-hmm. search. And I, um, that book talks about, Hey, like you and your wife can be completely different um, passion or different like hobbies and one's an extrovert, one's an introvert. But as long as y'all have the same mission and the same vision, like, and you guys have a solid foundation, like you're going to do things because you love the person. So if you don't like to shop, Tommy, but your girlfriend loves to shop, guess what? You're going to take a day to go shopping with her. Not because you love it, but because you love her. If you love going to the beach and not saying she doesn't, but let's say she doesn't, but she goes because Mm -hmm. she loves you and whatever makes you happy is going to make her happy just because she's Mm -hmm. with you. So I think that's really important. Something I learned about myself is like, oh, me and my person need to be on agreement with everything. And if I love this, I need to love it. I think like there's some things that you both should love together, you know, so it's more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Like, like if you love nature, you would hope that your person loves nature too, you know, so you can enjoy it with them, but it's not like a deal breaker of like, oh, if this person doesn't see eye to eye on my passion, then bye-bye. Like, no, I think mm-hmm. there's a healthy level to, to see where that yeah. is. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And like, I mean, I guess to touch on that a little bit too, I guess everyone has their non-negotiables and there are areas that I feel like you could be like, no, definitely no. But like, yeah. I agree mm-hmm. so much that book, that book, oh my God, that book taught me so much. Actually, you know, I read that book. I read that book after my, like the last breakup I had. And I really truly believe that that book is what honestly propelled me to be able to really just like, Number one, give everything to God, but like really just like hone in and focus on myself, like in that area of love in my life, you know? And I think I give like all the credit to God, but 
like a partial credit to that book because that book really taught me a lot in what to look for, how to look for it and all those things. And, um, but yeah, like what you said, it's so true. It's like, y'all can have like different things that you enjoy, but it's like seeing that person happy, like trumps anything you could enjoy doing. I'm sorry, but like mm. seeing that person smile, whether it's them shopping or whatever it is, and you might not like it, but like enjoying that moment and it's your attitude in it too. Cause it's like, maybe I don't like going to the mall. It's like a perfect example, but she likes shopping. It's like, but like, I'm going to see you happy and that's going to make me happy, but I can make, like, I can make it something fun. Like, for example, like the other day, like she took me shoe shopping and like, (laughs) I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and lie and be like, Oh, I love going with her. I go going shoe shopping with her. No, I was just being stupid. And I just kept picking out like the most stupidest shoes that she could possibly wear that they had like fuzzy things on them. I'm like, this is like (laughs) things to make it, like make it fun. And like, you know, and laugh and stuff like that. It's like, there's ways to like make, things that you don't enjoy doing that much enjoyable, you know, Mm. other aside from the fact that like just seeing that person happy, like is going to trump any other feeling that you could have of like, you know, cause like it's always better to give than to receive. And like, Mm -hmm. like seeing that person's joy doing what they love to do. It's like, it's going to fulfill you so much more than probably something you would enjoy doing, you know, but a hundred percent. I love that. Um, and, and Tommy, I wanted to ask you because we both read the book, um, a whole book club because of you shout out to you. Let's go. Um, I still can't believe that happened. But. Yeah. A whole book club. Let's go. Um, uh-huh. but that book, I mean, we could honestly do like a part two or three episode on just that book alone, but what are yeah, some key takeaways that maybe you can grab from that book that's relating towards this conversation we're having, mm-hmm. you know, um, on dating, you know, and things like that. I think the number one thing for me that I got from that book that to this day will ring in my head. And this one keyword that just like, it slaps me in the face all the time. Cause like, I've n- I hadn't really heard it up until I read that book was infatuations. Like, Yo, <laughs> that thing, like we're going there I, today, people, we are going there. Come on, Tom. That <laughs> really like just captivated me. And it amazed me because I guess it's something like I kind of knew about, but I never really knew was a thing and it's like basically the book goes into that infatuations last between like eight to like what is it like eight months to like a year or something like that yeah it like lasts almost a year until you get out of that infatuation and you start kind of seeing a little more clearly and you're not like as uh-huh. blinded. yeah <laughs> yeah so like basically what an infatuation entails is like you are I guess it's kind of like the horses when they have the blinders on like you're blind to every red flag like those red flag memes that we have going on on Instagram right now it's like you don't see you don't see any of the red flags because like you're so like I think scientifically even spoke about how like the chemicals in your brain are like so rambled up that like you just like see all the positive and good things about that person and it's so key and important to really look at weigh out the negatives and like because like not everybody is for you and like every some people might have things that like honestly are your non-negotiables and sometimes we overlook that and we're like oh just because like i feel this way it's like god created you to fall in love god created you to love like so like you're gonna love like you're gonna like you're gonna start to feel that way towards somebody it's in your like dna but it's like it's so important to really weigh out like is this person have what i need for my life is this person gonna have what i need 10, 15 years from now, you know? Mm, so good. And I guess like the number one takeaway for me from that book was that it's just like realizing, and it's funny because like my last relationship, that's kind of how long it lasted. It didn't get, it lasted 11, 11 months to be exact. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how like the first like 10 months, it was like sunshine and rainbows, but it's so true. Cause I lived it. And like, I mean, I read about it after the relationship ended, but it's like how that infatuation really does wear off 
And it's not that the honeymoon stage ends. That's a different topic because I feel like the honeymoon stage can last forever. That's between you and your partner, whatever. But like chemically and like in your brain, like you should really start to see the things. And I remember towards the latter end of my relationship, it was like the things that I never really realized that were there the entire time that like were non-negotiables for me started to come out to the light. And I started seeing that as that infatuation started to die out. And I was like, holy crap, like this has been here the entire time. I just didn't want to pay attention to it because like I was so like into the situation and like this whole process of like falling in love and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's why it's so important that I realized with this last process of getting with my current girlfriend, and it's like being so like, like so strong about how much of your emotions you give in the beginning stages, mm. like especially the talking stages This is a completely different topic, but it's like how much of yourself you give in that talking stage, because like you can let your heart go real easily. Like, at least for me, um, like I said at the beginning of this, I'm a hopeless romantic. I'm the type of dude that would fall in love in like a day. Like really It's easily. a real the, place, Tommy. Guard your heart, people. Guard exactly. your heart. It's so important. And it's like, until you know that that's the person for you, like it's so important to like not give so much of yourself because then if that's not the person for you, you're going to end up hurt, you know? And it's like, you got to and weigh out everything and see, is this person a match for me? Like this is a person, I mean, for me, is this the person God has for me? Like, you know, and it's all these different things that it's like, I got to check these things off before I can give you more of myself, you know? Come and on. it's guard, guarding your heart, what you said, I think is so true. But yeah, so my takeaway from that book, okay. infatuations are a real thing. And like, they're so true and so real. And it was crazy to live it and then read about it right after. Like, Whoa. Yeah, because it's like, it's so funny that we start learning about things after we go through it. We're like, why didn't we read this before? But I feel like we can be so hard headed and stubborn. And like you said, like, those red flags were there since day one, but you were so infatuated. You didn't see until nine months later. And these yeah. were like going into now the relationship you're in, like you went into that relationship knowing like, these are my non-negotiables. Like if this isn't like in her life, like it's in my life, like God, family, whatever that is for you. Mm -hmm. Like it's not even a question about it, you know? Yeah. And um, that's a real place. And, and it's so funny because in the book club, like that chapter, when we got into fatuation, everyone's like, bro, like all the guys are like, yo, they, this oh, word, like no. a it was a triggering word for a lot of the guys. Like, mm -hmm. Dude, I hear that word now and I'm like, fatuation's weird. Yeah, you're like, like, where is it? Where is it? But it's so <laughs> funny. And it's as human beings, like we all, we all fall prey to it. We all do. At mm -hmm. one point in our lives, doesn't matter how much you love the Lord and your whole, like you will eventually fall into a season in that. And that's why it's so important to have the right people, guidance, wisdom surrounding you yeah. to be like, Hey, like, um, yeah. So this characteristic trick's a little out of character. You don't see that. And we're like, Oh no. And it's like, <laughs> but like, if this wasn't your boyfriend and this was like your friend's boyfriend, you would be calling it out, you know? So I yeah. think that's also so important. Um, and I'm sure like you had a lot of wisdom and counsel, like surrounding this relationship you're in to be like, Hey, green flag, like green flag after green flag yeah. versus maybe your last one was like red flag after red flag. And it's like, no, it's like, the thing is like your friends will tell you cause they see it from outside perspective. They do see the red emotionally flags. Involved. Exactly. And then they tell you, but you ignore even them. And it's like your closest friends, but like, you're so like your heart and your hormones and everything's just running at like full speed ahead that you're like, I don't care what you guys are saying. Like, I know what I feel and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, then you dive into this ditch and then like, you got to crawl yourself out of it, you know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> but I love that, Tommy, you shared your story on your past relationships and what you learned and, and giving grace to the girls saying like, you know what, like, thank God they 
God put them in my life because like nah. I learned so much about myself. Very grateful for that. that. And I feel yeah. like, I feel like there's a level of maturity that we all need to, if we've been in relationships, get to where like you may, and again, it's different for everybody, but I feel like majority of people that go like that are going at getting out of a breakup right now. Um, it's not like they're like, God bless their heart. Like, like, it's like, there may be a lot of heartbreak and, 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 and hurt and, and maybe some resentment and, and a lot of things that aren't good for our hearts. So I think it is a journey of like, like thanking God for it. But like, I know cases in my life where like, I had to take time to get over because I had to like, learn it, see it from a different perspective. And then now I can like, thank you God for allowing this person in my life. Like they are a good human being, you know, like it wasn't meant to be for us, but they're, they're a good person and God has a great plan for them as God has a great plan for us. And then I think once you get to that maturity point, when you can like be grateful for the person versus like resent the person that also shows that you've moved on and you're, you you've healed in that area. You know, I, I I'll hear people talking. There's just so much hurt and resentment. And I'm like, baby, you gotta, you gotta forgive for you. Like, yeah, man. You no. forgive Forgiveness you. is for you, not for them. Yeah. And, and you don't want to carry this hurt into another relationship because guess what? If you have burdens and heartbreak and things that in your past relationship and you bring it into your next one and you don't work on it, it's going to show up. And guess what? Who has to suffer the consequences? The person you're with, and they don't deserve that. And also mm-hmm. the person you're with, like, this is something that I've, I'm like learning now is, um, like I'm me, myself, me and Costa Hink, I'm doing the work to work on myself hundred percent. So a non-negotiable for me is amen. Right. Amen. A non-negotiable for me is like, when I meet someone, are they doing the work themselves? Did they already work on their past traumas? You know, did, do they go to counseling? Like, I'm not afraid of that. I'm I like, listen, guys, if you're listening, I find it a guy that goes to counseling is that I find that so attractive because you are working on your traumas. You are working on things that only you could heal through going through counseling, going through therapy, getting down dirty and the gritty, because guess what? I don't want to be with someone that looks like a trophy on the outside, but on the inside, five years later, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When did mm-hmm. all this, like, why is you this? You should talk about now? this on the girl one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't be a whole nother, another one um, on, on just like, I want to make, like, I'm doing the work and I'm doing the due diligence. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's like a prerequisite that this other person's doing the same thing because mm-hmm. I'm not going to come as a fully healed person and meet someone when they're just half them, but not to their fullest potential, you know? Yeah. And I think that's so important and, and breaking the stigma of guys going to therapy or counseling, like no work on you because again, you're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it for your future wife. You're doing yeah. it for your future family. Like you want to grow up to raise a family that like they can look at their dad and like, that isn't carrying, you know, generational baggage and, and all these things from the past. And I think that's so important. And guess what, Tommy, you're an example of that. You've done the work. You can go into this new relationship, not having any baggage with you. You can go into this new relationship, mm-hmm. honoring, respecting, loving your girlfriend for the woman of God that she is. And, and, yeah. and you've learned in your past, man, I messed up and I made mistakes, but I'm not going to make the same mistakes that I did with her in this relationship, you yeah. know? Oh, for sure. It's so crazy that you like bring this up actually, because um, the final nail in the coffin of like me really just like, I guess, surrendering and gosh, God just pruning my heart to be ready for the relationship that I'm in. It's funny enough that like you brought this up because of unforgiveness. 
Mm-hmm. And unfor- like forgiving takes time, like a lot of time, and sometimes even longer than we realize. And sometimes we've forgiven somebody and we actually haven't even forgiven them. Um, case in point, I ran into my first girlfriend, the one I dated for nine years. Um, I hadn't seen her probably like in three or four years. And like the last time we encountered each other, it was like things ended when we broke up, it was like messy. But like when we ran into each other again, it got even way messier for like a number of other reasons, whatever. I hadn't seen her like in three or four years. Um, literally like a month before me and my current girlfriend started like talking, getting to know each other. I actually ran into my first girlfriend, which I hadn't seen in like three or four years. And in my head, um, I'm like, I'm like a youth leader already. Like in my head, I've forgiven her, you know, like I'm, I always say I'm grateful for her but always. And dude, I ran into her and I can't tell you the feeling I felt inside of me. It was like, it was a complete shock. I was out of it for the rest of the day. And it's so crazy that the Lord, all he kept telling me the entire time was you need to forgive her. And it's like, I kept telling myself, like, God, I already forgave her. Like, mind you, like, not to throw dirt on her, but she broke, she left me, you know, like, so like in, in, in my regard, like, I feel like I didn't have anything to forgive her. If anything, she needed to ask me like to forgive her for leaving me and like doing all like, she like left me for somebody else, whatever. And all these things. And it's like, God, like she needs to ask me to forgive her. And it's like, mm. I ran into her, hadn't seen her in like three years in my head. Like my heart's clear, clean and everything. And I run into her, like I say hi to her. Everything's all good. Like it was like, honestly, great to see her. And, um, and I left that like encounter and it's just like, God was telling me, you need to ask her for forgiveness and you need to forgive her both. And I was just like, whoa. So like the next day, like I, I, I couldn't get off my mind for the day. I prayed about it that night. And the next day, I remember sending her this like really long message. I still have her number. And like, I was like, look, I'm really sorry if I ever hurt you. I want you to know I forgive you too. Like I'm very grateful for your life. This and that, Megan, when I tell you, mm. I've never felt such a weight come off of me in my entire life. And it's crazy because in my head, in my heart, in every area aspect of my life, I thought I had forgiven her. I thought that was something in the past. I had let it go. I was, I was over her, but I didn't realize that like there was still something there, both directions. I needed to forgive her and I needed to ask her for forgiveness mm. for things that like I didn't even know were still there. And I did it. I remember I sent this really long message and it's so crazy. Literally, like the second I hit send, like I'm telling you, I literally felt a whole weight come off my shoulders. Mm. And she responds like, Tommy, I've been wanting to tell you the same thing. Like, I'm so grateful for your life. Like I, we like, you know, like we learned so much from each other. This and this is this and that. And it's like crazy enough. Literally, I think it's say it was like 15 to 20 days later is when the Lord let everything happen between me and my current girlfriend. Mm. And I know for a fact that was that like final nail in the coffin that God's like, I'm prepping you for what I have for you, but you really got to give this area of your life to me. And there's things in your heart. I'm not done pruning. And it's crazy that something that ended five years before, like ago, it's like God brought that up again, like five years later to like, then show me like, there's still something there and you're still not hundred percent ready. And it's like, I could have easily like never forgiven her. Like in my head, it was stupid. I was like, I already forgave her, but like, is me sending this message really going to do something? And it's like, I really truly believe if I wouldn't have sent that text message, God wouldn't have allowed me to like start my, my blood. God wouldn't have, I wouldn't have finished my process. I wouldn't have stepped into my blessing. So it's like, that was that final, like God, like here, this is the last like test for you get through this. And I'm going to have the most amazing thing for you. And it's like, you know, I was obedient. And like, I did what I knew was so necessary. It's like, basically, I guess this whole thing is just to say that it's like, check your hearts and like really truly understand that like sometimes you don't forgive right away and sometimes it takes time and that's okay. But like really make sure 
that you forgive people that have done you wrong because again, forgiveness is not for them. It's for you. And it's like, they're not the ones walking around with baggage. You are. So it's like, until you forgive them, the baggage is going to come off of you. They're living their lives, like chilling. They did you wrong, but you know, they don't even maybe probably don't even think twice about it, but you are the one that's dealing with it and thinking about it constantly. And it's weighing you down and all this. It's like, you just forgive, forgive. And you're going to like live such a better, happier life. And you're going to step into everything that the Lord has for you life has for you that's my rant <laughs> thank you for coming to my ted talk <laughs> yes let's go what a great ted talk tommy thank you for sharing that because that is like like you said you had you hadn't seen your ex in three or four years and then a month before you met your girlfriend or like for real like things started to happen um god was like wait tommy there's one more thing oh, on this so true that- yeah, they're just, they're just like one more thing. And let's see if you're going to be obedient to the nudge on your heart. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not asking you to figure it out. I'm not asking you to tell me, does this make sense? It makes sense. You may not get it, but you will get it later on. And I think a lot of times we will see the blessing of our obedience. We will see the blessing after we are obedient without having to understand. So I feel like true. so many times we're like, well, God, I'll be obedient if you show me how this is going to work out. And God's like, what faith does that take? <laughs> Anybody can do that. I'm calling and looking for people that have faith, calling and looking for people that they can give me all the glory because you didn't figure it out on your own. I made it happen with or without your understanding. I'm just looking for your obedience. And it's Mm -hmm. like, God saw your obedient heart and you're like, oh God, you're like wrestling with your heart versus your mind. And you're like, does this make sense? Should I do it? But I don't feel this. And a lot of times it's something that I've learned Mm -hmm. that there'll be times we don't feel like forgiving someone we don't feel like saying sorry because in our minds, we're like, no, 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 they, I didn't do them wrong. They did me wrong. And it's that, that stubbornness as a, as human mm-hmm. beings that we are. Yeah. But it's like, but if you can put the pride aside and just be like, okay, God, this doesn't make sense. My flesh does not want me to forgive this person or even ask for their forgiveness, but I'm going to do it anyways. And then like you said, Tommy, the moment you did that, boom, it's like, this weight it's crazy. it off. And you didn't even know, like, you thought you were like, I forgiven her. God bless her heart. Like she is like, she's good. Like I, I genuinely don't want, like, I wish her good, but look, you ran into her out of the blue. And then you're like, Whoa, wait, why do I still feel some type of way? Why do I still mm-hmm. feel like she owes me something? Why do I feel like I, and then God's like, she owes you something or do you need to do something for you? And you yep. didn't do it for her. You did it for you. And again, look at the blessing that you get to walk into now. And I think that's so, so powerful. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, when God nudges you to like forgive someone or things that don't make sense. Cause a lot of times God asks you to do something. They don't make sense. Read the Bible. A lot of it doesn't make sense. Okay. But that's why we got faith. Cause we're like, at the end of the day, like when you see it all together, you're like, okay, there's a greater, bigger purpose, but that's mm-hmm. a perfect example, Tommy, in our own lives, you know? And I feel like maybe that could be holding other people back. Like, like your person can literally be in your workspace. Your person can literally be at your church or your, your friend group. You probably even know the person, but you are not ready as an individual to meet them because God's not done working on your heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I, I'm just so glad that you share that because I know that can resonate with a lot of people. You know, most people have ex-boyfriends and girlfriends. Most yeah. people have baggages that we're carrying. Some people go through them quicker. Some people go through them um, slower. There's no yeah. um, comparison. You know, someone can look at you now and, and be like, wow, he's so happy as a girlfriend. But now they finally know your story. They know that mm-hmm. you went through more than 10 years of different relationships to finally get to who you are today to get to the the character 
that you have, you know, on stage when you're preaching and off stage when no, when no one is watching, you know? Yeah. And I think that's so big and so key. And I feel like when you can be true to who you are, when everyone's watching, when no one's watching, then you can now be, um, what's the word? Like, you can hold that responsibility of also caring for another human being in your life. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I think that's uh-huh. just, um, I feel like it can go for guys and girls, but a lot of times there are people that just lack integrity and mm-hmm. you see it on stage. You're like, that's awesome. But behind the stage, who are you? you yeah. Know? Or if you're not on stage, but you're at work or wherever the area of influence you have, are you the same person when you're not there? Because guess what? Your spouse will see that because they're going to live with you in the future, you know? Yeah. So it's like, be honest from the beginning. And Tommy, I wanted to ask you this question. I think it's really, um, um there may not be a direct answer to it, but just a better understanding of when do you think is the right time for a girl or a guy to like, okay, they like each other. That's established, but they don't want to just like throw all their past on the person, but they also want to know, like, will the person love me for my good, bad, and my ugly side? What mm-hmm. point do you think in the relationship is a healthy time to, to kind of like share, like, like you see yourself in the future with the person, but mm-hmm. you also don't want to like share everything. And then like two weeks later, y'all break up and you're like, oh my God, that person knows my whole life. And we're <laughs> yeah. not even together. Awkward, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And yeah. I see a lot of people in that situation now. Um, when would you say is like a good time in a relationship to be open and transparent about your past and, and things like that? This is so difficult because it's like, obviously there's definitely no, Oh, it's one week. There's no schedule. A hundred percent. There's no schedule. I think it definitely depends on like how assured you are with that person. As far as like, do you know if that's the person for you? And that's why like after living my past, like this past relationship experience, like I've personally like taken upon myself that I think it's, I'm a very big advocate for getting confirmation from the Lord before you pursue anything. Like, because so many times I feel like we're like, oh, I like this person. Let me pursue them. And then you're like, okay, God, now what do you think? And mm. God's like, you already started. Like, I have no say in this situation. Your heart, your brain's already there. Yes. And it's like, that's what I did this last time is like, I didn't pursue her until I had an okay from God. And I heard God tell me, no, it's okay. Like you have my blessing, go for it. And then that's when I started doing it. So like knowing that, like I had a surety in that situation, but let's say like, you don't do it that way. Like you find somebody like that you're attracted to or whatever, like you, you guys establish, you like each other. I think that you shouldn't wait too long because you know what, if that's the person that's gonna, that you have, that's going to be with you for the rest of your life, their, your past is not going to define your future for them. Like everything you've done, everything you've gone through, like the nastiness, your baggage and all that, like things that you've, bad situations you've encountered and gone through is not going to change their opinion of you because they're going to love you for who you are, the person you are today and the person you're going to become because your past is usually your past. And like, that's, what's formed you. If anything, they'll maybe be grateful for like all the mess that you've gone through, because if it wasn't for that mess, you wouldn't be the person you are today. Case in point, like my current girlfriend, she's like, I, I'll, I think it, it didn't take too long for like me to really just like unload on her and tell her I, I've got, I've had my fair share of crap. Like I've done my fair share of things. Like, in, in different areas. Um, and like, I was, I'm going to be honest. That was one of the areas in my life that I was, I was afraid because she's such a good, pure, like such a good girl, like very well kept, like her parents had raised in church. Like, like honestly, she's like an angel, man. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not a devil, but like, 
I'm not a devil, but like, yo, I've done, I had two years of like madness. And it's like, I honestly thought that like, that was going to be a detriment getting with her because it's like, yo, you're too perfect for me. And like, I was something I was afraid of initially. And it's funny. Cause like, we've had this conversation about two or three times. And she always tells me, she's like, tell me like, I don't care everything that you've done, everything you've gone through, like all the mistakes you've made, because a, I know they've made you into the person that you are and B, I love you for who you are today. And I, who you're going to be. So it's like, if you're sure, I think it's like when you're sure that that person, like you and that person have something and like, you're going to go somewhere with this. I don't think you should be afraid to share like your traumas, your past and all that. Because if anything, that person's going to not say that they're going to love you more for it, but they're going to love you regardless of what you've gone through. And again, like I said, I think if anything, they'll be grateful for your processes because they'll be like, that's what made you who you are today. And I love who you are today. So it's like, if you didn't go through that, you wouldn't be who you are. And then I wouldn't love you. So yeah, I would say it's just when you and your heart and your mind and that person are on mutual ground, like, yo, we're really going to go for this. Like Mm -hmm. unload, unload, because like, if that person truly is for you, they won't, that won't matter to them. Like they're going to love you regardless. So. Yeah. I love some, um, take like some key takeaways that I got from what you just said was you went to God before getting your emotions into it. It's it's so easy. We find someone attractive or someone finds us attractive. We start something and they're like, okay, God, so what do you think? And God's like, you ask me now when all your emotions are in it, you ask me now when your whole heart's in it. And it's like, uh, right. Yeah. But when you go to God first and you're like, okay, I see this person but I'm not going to do anything yet, God. And I think a lot of times God will answer us through peace, you know? Um, oh, I don't so think much. it's like audible, yes and no. Like, no, it's not. Just <laughs> it comes down upon yeah, us. No. It's like, no, God will give us peace or he won't give us peace, right? Yeah. And I found that, you know, for me too, like I, I'll pray to God and then it's like, okay, I have this peace. Or mm, no, I don't have the peace. And I think that's so important because first of all, that's like step one. It's like, do you find that peace with God? You know? And then having like your friends on board, you know, like them seeing the green flags in it. But then also Tommy, you were at a point where you're like, you and your girlfriend were both, you were on like the same grounds of like, okay, we do see a future together. And so like, if you do see a future together and you see it long-term going to marriage, don't, you don't want to wait like a week before your wedding week. Okay. This is my whole baggage. And this is who I really am. And it's like, no, because again, like you said, the person, and this is what I've learned, like, my old self, I was so afraid of like sharing with someone like my past and baggage. Cause I'm like, they're going to be so afraid of me. And I've learned like, no, they act, it actually makes them appreciate you more. The right people, the wrong people will be afraid and the wrong people won't be ready for what you have to say. There are people that, and if you're listening to this and like your heart has like, you felt like belittled or like worse because you opened your heart and someone couldn't take it. They, if they couldn't handle what you had to say, then they're not in a situation where they can handle it in the future to carry it, you know, to, to, to guard it, to, to take care of you. And, and that's like what going back to like the rejection is God's protection, you know, but I I love that you said, I think sometimes, and if we're speaking, this is like to like the Christians out there, sometimes we can get into this like black and white where we date for six months and then we'll get married in a year and then we'll have, and it's like this perfect little cookie cutter, cutter picture. And there's like, LOL, like not at all. Like, everyone's story is different. Everyone's journey is different, but it's like, you have to understand what you're going towards and what you're heading towards, you know? And I feel like, like there isn't, and that's why I want the point I wanted to make was there is no right or wrong or a timeline to after a week, you share your heart. No, I don't think mm-hmm. after a week, you should share your heart. Like that just to me that, but give it some time, give it some, give it the, the find the peace. And if you mm-hmm. have that and you're both are on 
yep, we're headed towards marriage. Okay. Have those conversations. And I think Tommy, if people take what you just said seriously, I think the, 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 the intensity of heartbreak wouldn't be so hard because you can emotionally attach yourself to someone without attaching yourself physically and still feel as hurt, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you just take precaution and guarding your heart in that time and understanding this person is willing, this person is mature enough to handle what I've been through and take it, then Mm -hmm. you go on and you proceed. But I think that, you know, a lot of times, and I, you know, I've done in the past and I'm sure you have too, where we meet someone, we're like, woo. And they were like, oh my God, why did I just do that? Yeah. The infatuation. So I think that alone can just help a lot of people like, um, man, just not get your heart so involved, you know, Mm -hmm. and and our heart is deceiving. You know, a lot of people don't understand that our heart is so deceiving. And I think that's why it's so important to have that um, accountability, have that discernment and have that relationship with the Lord, you know, like yeah. you're over here, 20, 30 years in the church, but you've recently for two years had a real relationship with God and to see yeah. your life flourish to how it's been like, that's no small thing. Like that was very intentional. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Tommy, I want to <laughs> ask you, do you want to add anything to like some things, maybe some like notes or nuggets about what you wish, um, girls know about that about guys well one more thing before you continue like on that last topic i think like something that i just want to share too is like i guess in this process of like getting to know my current girlfriend that it's like um i had the peace from god and it's like even still because like i've said so many times in this episode i'm a hopeless romantic i'll fall in love in like a day that's how i've been my whole life and then it's so crazy that it's like with the one person that i probably should have probably fallen in love with like in a second it's like i took time to like let my emotions go and it's like my number one prayer to the lord from the day that he gave me like that peace to be able to pursue her um till like today it's like i would tell god every single day when i would pray about her be like god hold my heart hold my heart and like don't let my emotions get ahead the best of me and like you let my emotions go at your pace and i would pray that prayer every single day and it's so crazy to look back now, obviously like I'm head over heels in love with the girl, but like I have God's blessing for it. But before in the talking process where like, in reality, I wasn't sure if that was a person for me. I was still just getting to know her as friends and stuff. And like, we were both actively praying. Cause like, it was a process of like me just pursuing her, her not knowing what's going on. Then eventually <laughs> me telling me, she her catching along to like what was going on. And then me telling her like, yo, like, this is like, I'm praying about you. Like, I want to see if like this is going somewhere. And she's like, I felt the same way. We both started praying to it. And then it was like God's confirmation and like the rest is history. Like we are now we're dating. But in that process, it was really just like me asking the Lord every single day, God, hold my heart, hold my emotions. Cause I know myself and I, I Tommy Acosta will fall in love hella quick especially with like turns out being the girl that god had for me anyway so it's like if you think about it, if i fell in love that easily with any other girl in the past like this is a girl i should have like damn in love in like a second you know yeah. but god was so good that like he really didn't let me like i was so sufficed with just being friends with her for the first like five like four months that like mm. i was i was okay with it and it's like i know it was the lord just holding on to my heart so it's like I, all this just to say that it's like it's so important to really like pray to God to like really give you that peace. Like you were saying, and to like really take control of your emotions when you're in that process of like getting to know somebody to make sure if that's a person for you, because again, like we said earlier, if you let it go too quick, like you're good, you can end up in a situation of heartache, of heartbreak, you know? And like, that's the last thing you want. And like, you're going to like, 
keep yourself from stepping into that next season of blessing because you're stuck in a process that you didn't let yourself like you you like put yourself in you know yeah. so um i guess yeah just that i just wanted to share that because like that's something that for me like probably in this whole process has been like one of the biggest things was that it's just like the lord holding on to my emotions and like me uh, giving him the place because obviously we can tell god all day god hold on to my emotions but i'm still there like giving my emotions like it's not gonna work that way god's a gentleman he never forces his way into your life he knocks on the door and then you have to let him in so it's like i had to let god hold on to my heart and my emotions and there's this other saying too that it's like like we're speaking to some christians out there it's like a girl's heart should be so lost in god that a guy needs to seek him to find it so yeah. it's like so it's like i think it's so important to really like give your heart to God and like, let him steward it. And then it's like, when the right person comes along, like you're going to see like everything work out and God will give them, will loan them your heart. Because at the end of the day, your heart's always God's, but he'll loan it to somebody. So the person that he knows will steward it in the way that he sees fit. And it's like, that's why it's so important. It's like, let God guide you in your decision-making process for the person you're going to be with. Even if you're not a Christian dude, like pray to God and like, <laughs> sorry, I got a phone call uh yeah um if you're not a christian like just like let god guide you like god guide you to the person because you won't ever make a mistake if god knows who you need and if he allows and if he guides you to the right person like you're gonna you have a hundred percent success rate like there's there's no feeling there but yeah okay so there's that and yeah i mean i wanted to add that because it's something that's just like it's been on my heart a lot throughout this process yeah yeah no i i'm so happy that you touched on that and and it actually brought me back to something I want to talk about as well is the importance of building a friendship before going straight into a relationship. And I think Oof. you just summarized that so well on like, I believe you said like four months of you just getting to know your girlfriend as a friend, like, and you said, even if it's, she's just a friend, like I'm okay with that. I think that's so, um, first of all, you have to have a level of maturity to, to have that in your heart. Cause I feel like some guys like, well, she don't want me. I don't care about being her friend. I just, and it's like, bro, bro, yeah. like, where is your heart? You know what I'm saying? And, and no um, good relationship is good. A relationship is not good without a friendship. Like you need no, a friendship. Because if you, if we're thinking long-term in marriage, you're going to spend the rest of your life with that person. You think y'all are going to be like playing games 24 seven. No, like there many times where you're bored. Can the person make you laugh? Are they funny? Are they too upset? Can they be silly? Like you want to mm -hmm. live your life and have somebody that can be serious when they need to be serious and be silly when, you know, it's time to be silly. Um, but I, I love that you said that because I feel like at least in my past relationships, it's always been like infatuation date, infatuation date, infatuation date. And I'm like, LOL, no wonder. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then you finally, and, and both we read the book and I think that's an area that you struggled in. That's an area that I definitely struggled in. And it's like, okay, God, maybe I should get to know somebody for who they are and not even like, not even go into it. Like they're going to be like my girlfriend or they're going to be my boyfriend. Like, no, like God, let me just get to know them as a person. And I feel like when you fall, like whether you fall in love for the person for who they are, then it's, it's just going to fall into place. But I think it's so important to, to have a, a foundation of friendship first, you know, because then that person already knows you for who you are you're not putting a front, you know, in the book, they, they talk about when you're dating someone, they're on their best behavior. When you're dating someone, they're like, they're treating you the best they probably ever will to win you over. And it's not a, a sign or anything of manipulation. It's just as human beings, we want to, you know, for infatuation, somebody want to win them over, but it's like, but wait a minute, like when this phase goes away, how are you going to still treat me? 
How are you going to talk mm-hmm. to me? How are you going to respect me? How are you going to honor me? You know, and it, it, it it's yeah. like, but when you see that as a friend and you see your friend and, you know, you see them, how they treat um, public workers, you know, how they treat their parents, how they treat their younger siblings. Then you get to see, ah, oh, okay. Okay, I could see that treating me right, or yeah, yeah. All right, let me run out the door real quick, you know. But yeah. it's like at least you know beforehand, you know. Yeah. And and I think that's just so important, especially for youth, the youth that are listening right now, high schoolers. Don't rush a relationship. Yeah, no. like it, it's not the rush. It's not worth the rush. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's worth waiting, and also like you don't like. Guys like a little mystery. They, they don't want to open book day one. Like they want to figure you out. We want to yeah. figure y'all out. Like there's, yeah. you have a lifetime ahead of you. What's the rush? Like yeah. day by day, moment by moment. And, and also I think this has helped me a lot. It's like seeing the person as a child of God, not as your yeah. own. Cause they're not your Oof. own. Hey, you gotta you know? steward them. <laughs> and, and, and when you see a person that you're dating and you're like, this is a child of God, man, you, you just, you hold yourself different. You steward their heart differently. You countable, bro. <laughs> you, you mad accountable. Like, this isn't just anybody. God's like, yeah, you're my child, but they're also my child. So guess what? If y'all break up, guess what? They're still my child. Like, yeah. you know, like, and it's it, it's, yeah. it's such a, it can be like a hard pill to swallow sometimes because again, there's there's like a personal relationship or whatever. But when we have that understanding, it, it's the freedom that comes along of, of like what you said, you know, forgiving those people and, and, and then stewarding it and seeing that like, your past relationships are actually like, they're also a child of God and yeah. seeing the person you're dating, they're a child of God, you know, like, so true. and I think having that perspective, it just, whew, the weight, you, you feel the weight, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, God's like, if you hurt them, like, I'm still going to love you obviously, but like, buddy, come on. Man. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's real. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on and then, and then we could wrap it up is, is, um, I had mentioned this to you. A lot of my guy friends, one of my old coworkers went up to me saying, Megs, why don't girls give guys flowers? And I was like, uh, maybe <laughs> guys wouldn't like reciprocate it. Like, I don't know. Like maybe y'all mm-hmm. wouldn't like, uh, I'm like, I don't know. He's like, because if a girl gave me flowers, I would appreciate it. I was like, really? And this is like a man's man. Like, this is like, like he, like, you know, I, this is like the last person I think that would say that. And I was like, really? You would like it if a girl gave you flowers. He's like, Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I asked my boss, I'm like, boss, would you like it if your wife gave you flowers? He's like, oh, hundred percent. Anything she gives me, I'd love. And I was like, interesting. So I started going around, asking my guy friends like, oh my gosh, we would like cry if a girl gave us flowers. And I'm like, really? And I started to like, and it's funny because on some of my guy friends' birthdays, me and my girls, or as a group, we'd give the, the guys flowers and no joke, the guys would almost cry of just like joy. And I'm like, what yeah. in the world? <laughs> I was like, and I talked to the guys and I was like, I'm just surprised that you guys appreciate girls getting flowers. Like I thought you guys would take that. I don't know, like a different way. And they're like, no, they're like, I mean, first of all, it's the thought that counts. So whether it's a flower or a chocolate bar, whatever it is, the thought that you thought enough about, you thought mm-hmm. enough about us to give that to us means everything, but yeah. also it, it's that sign of appreciation. And so Tommy, can you just go a little bit into, cause you did um, mention you, you're, you, Every guy's emotional. Okay. Let's put it out yeah. there. Every guy's emotional. Most guys suppress their emotions or don't show them at all. Yeah. I feel like you're someone who isn't afraid to show their emotions. And that is such a strength of yours. Honestly, like yeah, I, I appreciate I, like you shared at the right time, but it's such a strength of yours. Can you talk a little bit about, um, maybe when girls think about guys and they think of this like macho 
They have no emotions. Yeah. They don't cry. Only girls are emotional. No, guys have emotions. Guys cry. Yeah. Guys go through oh, hard for sure. And they yeah. maybe don't show it to the world, but they're going mm-hmm. through it. You know? Yeah. Can you touch no, for sure. I mean, I'm I'm like, I guess I wear my heart on my sleeve personally. And I've been this way my whole life. So like I'm a very emotional person. Like I'll cry in front of you. I have no problem with crying in front of you. Like Lord knows how many times I cry at church, you know, in God's presence with like different story, but like even in situations, I'll cry in a movie. I don't care. That's just me. I know there's guys that aren't like that. I know there's guys that, that are more suppressed with their emotions, but like needless to say, like they definitely like, whether it's in front of you or at home, a dude will cry. Like a dude will go through his, we're human beings. Like we all go through our, the same emotions. We both, we all feel the same emotions. Some of us might be a little more cold to them and stuff, but you still feel them. And it's like, whether that guy's showing it in your face or not, like in a breakup, like he might seem like he's fine. I guarantee you homeboy goes home to cry. Like he's, he's hurt. He'll go through the pain. He'll feel the waves of emotions that any girl feels like maybe girls, I don't know, express them more. Maybe they could even possibly feel them more. Not to say that guys don't. And like, I truly believe that like, every girl out there should understand like, because I, I feel like in society it's been built up. So it's like a guy has to be strong and, you know, and not cry and like not show emotion. Cause that's weakness. And it's like, no, like I find it strong. And I think you as a female, any girl out there would agree for the most part that uh, a guy that's able to show his emotions is a turn on. It's an attractive feature. Yes, in a guys, male. Listen to Tommy Acosta. Say it again. Yeah. Say it <laughs> that again. a man that shows his emotions is an attractive feature to female and i truly believe that obviously like i'm not saying to act like a female because like girls are 100 like like in the right time in the right context if the guy's going through something and in the human nature we're like dude you should be crying right now why are you not crying like yeah and it's like no like in the right context of it or if you need to cry cry like you can be vulnerable the right girl won't be intimidated by that and hey tommy i had to learn that through you know past relationships where it kind of i didn't see that before in guys so i was like oh my gosh like it it kind of intimidated me but then going through just learning and, and and growing up and maturing i was like oh my gosh like just because guys suppress it way better than girls it doesn't affect them as much you know and that's something that i had to like really learn and now i have so much more my heart like i so much more compassion we're like if i see a guy friend and they're like going through i'm like buddy sit down like let's get some friends (laughs) let's talk about it like moving out of my house let's get the people like our homies and let's get popcorn and chat and like you know because i think it's just something that i you've grown into that so you can you're much people see like they see you you have influence but also you're not out here being a poster child of perfection you're like i'm the yeah. perfect person oh god trash <laughs> but stop not dumbbell <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i'm redeemed by the grace of god but. amen but yeah um um just i wanted to, to just share that but continue on 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 how that is powerful and that actually is such a strength of men to show their i think yeah another thing too is like in a relationship like i feel like being vulnerable and emotional with each other builds a stronger bond and like it brings you closer together because like if i think uh, you as a female would agree if a man is like yo, he's dealing with something and he comes to you for comfort any girl that loves a man like she's gonna want to be there to uplift him that's the like that's what females are there for you know it's like a girl, a girl's, uh, we're each other's perfect helper. And if like, I'm down, like a girl's going to help raise you up, especially much more of a girl that like girls are usually more emotional and they can, you know, like kind of 
have more compassion sometimes yeah. not always but like sometimes but like I feel like guys should be at that level as well and it's like I feel like I said I think in a relationship sense or even in a friendship sense like if you can go if you go to somebody with something like you're struggling with it's not easy and like you're vulnerable with them like that bond that you have will be so much more solidified because it's like yo you met me on such a deeper level than like anything surface like you went real deep and it's like we're connected now on a depth that we weren't connected before you know in a relationship or a friendship regardless like it solidifies it more you know and I just think it's so much more important too for men because it's like sometimes if we suppress it like anything that's kept in the darkness, it's going to like come back and bite you at some point. And if like, you're dealing with something and you're not exposing the dark inside of you, you have to ha- let the light hit the darkness inside of you to bring it to the light, to like fl- flush it out. And it's like, so a lot of guys, like sometimes they'll go through something and they'll just like, yo, let me just bury this deep down inside. And it's like, you don't understand. It's like, you're burying it deep down inside, but you're not making it disappear. It's still going to be there. And eventually it's going to bubble up and come back out. And it's like, that's why I think it's so important like, um, like who you speak, like having people, the right people around you, because you should speak about the things you're going through with them. And like, they can help you deal with it, you know? And like, most importantly, the Lord, obviously, but like God placed people in our lives as well as instruments to be able to like help us deal with everything we go through in life, you know? And it's like, I think that it's important for men to just, I guess, like connect with that side of ourselves, that emotional side, that vulnerable side, and be able to talk about those things because like, yo, we live it just as much as any girl just that maybe some men want to sh- like hide it and pretend like it's not there, but it's still there. Like they can't, like they can't make it go away. Like they're going to feel it, but then it's becomes a detriment to them. I feel like if they don't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing that because um, I feel like guys just get so nervous or shy to talk about certain things. Obviously guys are going to share their emotions with just anybody. And I believe they shouldn't, but when you find you know, your, your person, so to say, or someone you're with, like it, it's, it's a good time to kind of let, let that out, um, in the right context and in the right time, you know, you don't like day one, like, boom, like verbally vomit down poco, but yeah, in the place where like, I don't think guys should be afraid of like, oh my God, I need to cry, but she can't see me cry. Cause if she sees yeah. me cry, she's not going to see me as macho, like not at all. Like if anything, yeah. we are filled with so much compassion and so much encouragement, um, and, and love to give. Like, I believe there are so many women out there that just have so much love to give. And it's like, if you have that person, like that person will comfort you in the way that you need to be comforted, whether it's the right word that you say, or, or like you're going through and that even a text message of like, you know what, yeah. that person overlooked you, but you're, you're like, you're still this to me. And it's like, Whoa, yeah. like that just can change a guy's day, a perspective. And 100%. There's so much. So, Thank you for, for sharing that. And yeah, of course, <laughs> I'd love to. Let's go, Tommy. So I'm going <laughs> to ask you the last and final question on the pod. And that is, if you knew then what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? Um, a hundred percent would like tell myself to just, you know, learn God for who he is, like get to know the Lord and like, he will, help you avoid so many mistakes that you will make in your life. And like, you, you won't have to go through as many headaches and heartaches if you just like really give in to God. Cause that's the number one thing I'd tell myself. Cause like, I mean, I, I know I'd still go through a process, but there's processes I didn't need to go through that I forced myself into. That's the number one thing. Number two is uh, everything's going to happen at the right time. Like don't, don't you, you need to be proactive, but you need, you don't need to rush anything. Like, you can enjoy the flowers on the, on the way to the destination. Like life comes quick, but like, there's still a lot that you can enjoy on the way there. Um, 
let me see what else like enjoy the moments like i was saying i think that's super important sometimes we overlook that but also be thoughtful and mindful of your future i think that's another one it's like pay more attention to what you're gonna need instead of like what you're currently having as well a good balance of both um be grateful for your past and everything that you've gone through um and just have a very optimistic outlook for your future because god's in control of everything everything's gonna come out exactly how he wants it to come out when you surrender everything to him and when you're in that place everything's just going to be fulfilling and purpose-filled and amazing and yeah I love it. I love it. Bobby, thank you so much for just sharing. Oh, dude, thank you so much for having me. Oh, no. Well, thank you for being on. I mean, from your story of faith growing up in the church and and being super vulnerable about your story to talking topics about dating and and perspectives of guys and girls and just so many different things, but just to see how it's never too late, you know, um, it's never too late. And and just being so... um, I feel like a lot of guys need to hear more guys like you speak, you know? Um, I think there's a lot of uh, loud voices of people that look good on the outside, but mm-hmm. we're like, there's not enough hearts speaking out there to the men. That's so, so good. thank you for just sharing um, everything from your heart. I feel like um, a lot of people will be able to relate whether it was based off the faith or they're in a dating relationship. Um, you're just a great example of what it's like that to show like no matter how deep you've gone no matter how far you've been no matter what the situation is when you surrender to god he will turn your mess into yeah mess. man so, your past does not define your future like that's that's another one i would tell my younger self your past does not define your future like that's yeah. so true no it doesn't yeah. no it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah. but yeah so tommy thank you so much no thank um, you megan pumps for everyone to hear this and i'm looking forward to seeing more of the things that god does in and through you and all that's ahead likewise for you megan thank you so much all right tommy take care you too bye thank you for listening make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave a rate interview as it makes a huge difference also share this podcast with your friends and family and don't forget to follow at one thing in common podcast on instagram and tag us with any insights you got from the episode I am so grateful for each and every one of you and I hope you have the best week. Much love.